and welcome to Tarantulas at Dawn, the ambassadors to Ramjack. Hey everyone, it's me, Alex, and joining us today for Ramjack is our good friend, Brad. Hello citizens, hello. Brad, what are you drinking tonight? What am I drinking? I'm drinking some uh, delicious uh, tapache with a little beer. Oh, very, very good. nice, very nice. Very, very good. The color looks nice, like it looks like a smooth yeah. just beverage from this end of the camera. Mm-hmm. Very pineapple-y, very spicy. It's very good. Any interesting uh, anecdotes from your uh, beverage creation and or food creation over the weekend? Or oh, uh, you mean just from success my all around? Oh, yeah, a lot of success in my fermentation room. I've already got more going. I've got, I've got so much going. Like I actually got on Amazon earlier because I was like, I think I might need to order more bottles. So, oh, wow. Because um, I'm, because I, because I got more tapache going and I also have got the ginger bug going. So uh, I'll be able to make ginger ale at some point in the near future. Or ginger beer. Are you saying ginger? Are you saying ginger bug? Yeah. Okay. I'm not. The the word bug in there is new to me. You said it last week and it confused me, but I didn't say anything. That it's, I, I, that's the proper term, I guess, for getting yeah. It's ginger so it's, fermented. Yeah. It's it's basically like sourdough starter for uh, ginger beer. Interesting. Because you cool. ba- basically every day you put in like um two uh, tablespoons of ginger and two tablespoons of uh, sugar. And uh, give it a stir, and you just keep feeding it for about a week. Hmm. You can't, you can't share it like those bread things, can you? I mean, yeah, you could, but interesting. I mean, also, you could just go to the store and buy some ginger and sugar. It's ginger, sugar, water. Like, no need to have some sort of like a chain mail. Yeah. Let's ship our ginger bugs around the country just for fun, just just for the fun of it. No need for that. Yeah, so, I never saw the need. I what it is, but yeah. So after tomorrow, um, cool. I should be able to put it in the refrigerator and not have to feed it every day. It's odd to feed your create like get the terms around the fermentation. Got to feed it, stir it up, then you just got to like, put it in the fridge and let it do its thing. It's a, it sounds scientific, but also like um, mad scientist in a way. Like you're creating something. It's it's a fun time. It's a fun time, and uh, I've got uh, delicious spicy treats, and that's very good. Nice. Um, on a bug-related story, just tonight I went out with the dog. Cicadas are in in high numbers now everywhere. Oof. If you look up at the trees, it just looks like it's a beehive. Mm-hmm. Um, just tons of them. And you try not to look up, but Luna and I went outside, hung out for a little bit. We came back inside, and I was washing the dishes, and I felt something on my neck. Oh, no. And I thought, oh, no. And it kind of hurt, like something was scratching it. And I thought, well, that's weird. So I reached up and grabbed something and I could feel something. And I thought, oh, fuck. And I just kind of instinctively like tossed it from me, but not very hard. And I tossed a cicada onto my kitchen sink. And it it, 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 it kind of fell on its back and it righted itself. And then went, then it screamed at me with the cicada scream and all hell broke loose in the house because the cicadas being, my children are very afraid of them. Mm-hmm. So much so that over the weekend, Luna had to stay with uh, her aunt, or my sister, uh, my wife's sister, um, and we were dropping Luna off, and Joey thought he stepped on a cicada outside, and we heard a crunch. He probably did step on a cicada, but it probably just blacked out in his mind. Just hearing that, he screamed a blood-curdling scream I've never heard a child scream before. Like, I thought maybe he had broken a leg or something, because it was a loud crunch. And this was a scream. I, I, I mean, I've been with him when he actually hurt himself. And this was louder and more terrifying. And I turn around and he's like, I thought I stepped on a cicada. He thought he stepped on a cicada. 
You can imagine when there's one in our house. We, we've been lucky so far. But anyway, I, I trapped it. We put it back outside. Vera theorized it was the cicada on her window from earlier today, just wanting to come inside and see what was going on. And that's okay, Dad. So let's just let him free. He has a taste of the inside world, but it's fine now. Um, okay, kid, whatever makes you, helps you sleep at night, because I won't be sleeping at night again. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. I'm man. I, I, remember, I remember the cicada days well. Oof. I mean, yeah, we're in the thick of it. It's 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 crazy. It's 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 wildness. Yesterday, which uh, for listeners would be June seventh, uh, twelve years ago, first episode of the podcast. No way. That's right. Twelve years ago. Mm-hmm. Brad, when did we graduate high school? Two thousand and two. Okay, so it's next year's our twenty-year reunion. Oh fuck. Yeah. I was on, well, okay, I I asked that because on Facebook over the weekend, one of our our, our former high school buddies, and just someone who went to high school with us that we didn't really hang out with, posted a picture that said, hey, had a wonderful weekend with with the crew or whatever. And it was a picture of tons of, like, basically it looked like a mini class reunion. And I thought, uh, the reunion's not till next year, dog. What do you, what was this? Was this just like a mini reunion? How does that work? Are y'all just palling around high school buddies again? Because that's strange. Weird. I, I, all kinds of pe- people I wouldn't necessarily associate with hanging out. So I'm assuming it was a mini reunion. I have no idea. It was bizarre. Was it, well, was it just people that were Maybe there one was year like- ahead of us? No, it was people in our grade, like very specifically. Huh. I mean, maybe it was maybe it was the year above us reunion, and just a bunch of other you know people were th- hanging out with for that. I I, no. I like I can't. I, I doubt it very highly. We're doing nineteen year reunions. My guess, now that I'm talking about it out loud, is maybe there because of COVID. People thought, you know, it might be cool for us to have like a, a pre reunion, or maybe bring it up a year. I have no idea. But given the um, the amount of people and the various social groups within that picture, okay, you gotta name names. No one it, else knows who these people are. I, I got I gotta have a picture of this. Who are we talking? I can probably about? find it and send it to you later. I'd rather not say their name. You can, you can cut this yeah, from the show. Yeah, so say the names. I'll cut them out. Not that anyone. So the person there. who posted it was, which used to go to church with me. Okay. When I was a teen. so all of her friend group uh, seemed like they were there. Um, Miles was there. A friend was there. I think was there a whole bunch of other people that i kind of recognized i think was there um who else goodness i mean was there what the fuck is this event (laughs) and there's more people that i'm forgetting these are just people off top i can remember being like hey what are you doing there yeah miles was creepy looking because he was uh, it was also at it was also at the melissa's playground and they were on the playground equipment and it was just fucking weird (laughs) <laughs> hmm. If you are friends with me, go look it up. If not, I will take a screen cap and send it to you just so you can see and you can help suss what this was. Yeah. Is there apropos of nothing? And I didn't, di- I think Logan was there. Like, just again, everyone, everyone. A mini high school reunion. It really made me rethink. I was like, no, I distinctively remember our graduating yearbook 2002 of beyond <laughs> everything else besides like the math I was doing in my head. Just like, I, I'm not crazy, right? <laughs> We graduated in 2002, correct? Uh, uh, oh. And I say maybe it was COVID, but let's be honest. I think I've solved your mystery. I've solved your mystery. It's a memory from nine years ago. This is from 2012. So it was the 10 Then why did she... Are you looking at her picture right now? Yes. It's, a, it's one of those okay. memories what? things from nine years ago. 
Okay, cool. Good. For some reason, I missed the memory thing and thought, yeah, holy no, shit. I, I just found it. I was like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, because, yeah, dead on. This is just our class. Yeah, it was, it was a, so apparently we had a 10-year reunion. <laughs> missed that. I missed it. Sorry. Will you be there for the 20-year reunion? This is a weird crew. This is such Isn't a, it weird a weird group, crew. though? That fucking cop up there looking like a cop. I thought everyone looked a little different. Like, I was like, for 20 years after we graduated, some of these people look young, I guess? Yeah, yeah. You had another 10 years, it's gonna be a whole different crew oh, next yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're looking rough. I mean, and look, I, I would say that Brad and I maybe have aged gracefully, but I don't know, man. There's some people we went to high school with. It's yeah. gonna be interesting. It's gonna be a, that picture was a little different. Uh, I thought I was crazy. Yeah, no, no, I this was- This is why- I was with you for a second there, but I was like, oh, okay, all right, all right, all right. Thank you. I was on my phone, so I, I guess the I missed somehow the ten year or the nine year memory moniker yeah. or whatever was on it to, to help ground it. But all I saw was her caption was like, "Had a wonderful weekend." I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> I love that the, you didn't get invited. <laughs> Ouch. Like I would go. We are going to be taking a trip to Tennessee, not too far from now. So yeah, you're gonna be, yeah, fun, be making but... a trip next year. Um, to hang out with everybody at the park. <laughs> I wonder if I can fake like a back date thing. What you should do is like do. take that photo and just like Photoshop yourself into it and be like, guys, do you remember last time we did this? And then it was like, I didn't think you were here for that. What are you talking about? I got it right here. I wonder how many people would actually be genuinely like oh, tricked. Oh yeah, yeah, he was there. I remember that. Oh yeah. Come on. Can you bring the potato salad? Fuck no, the ruse is off. I do not like potato salad. Fuck and fuck your reunion, your two thousand, your two thousand, your uh, nineteen year reunion. 10 years, 10 year reunion, that is. Hmm. That was weird, 20 year, I mean, yeah, it's gonna be crazy, man. Like, God. Time doesn't stop for anybody. I don't like it. I'll be dead by then, it's fine. We might all be dead by then, friend. Just assuming, just assuming. It is Brad? Yes. Um, where do birds go in the winter? Uh, well, I mean, depends. So let's just say, let me just describe to you. We know that during the summer and spring, birds are everywhere. In the fall, they're around. But in the winter, some of them are absent. Where do they go? Um, They go to uh, Cabo. Where else? Oh, hitting up the Cabo scene. Getting cold? Brr. Hitting up the Cabo. Um, I, I ask this because we know now that birds migrate. Some birds, not all birds migrate around. But people in Europe were perplexed by bird migration for centuries. There, there's a lot of records. Go ahead. Uh, in what way? What was They the didn't know what happened. They didn't know. They were like, the birds are here. They're gone in the winter. They come back in the summer. Something's going on. We have no idea what it is. They talk about it. People had theories. Aristotle wrote uh, that he thought that the birds just transformed into another bird. So, oh, those birds that were here in the spring and summer, they just transform into the other birds during the winter. They're the same bird. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, it's not that they go away, it's just they transform into the other birds. That's why you don't see them. Uh, some people thought that birds hibernated in the mud. The re what they just, they would hear, they were here, and then they were like, oh, they go underground and hibernate. You know, like bears and, and other creatures. That's just what birds do. Little bird cicadas just burrowing into the ground. Yeah, they didn't know. Um, so this is going to sound crazy, but apparently once we, we started, uh, I would say, spreading out and traveling the world, we suddenly realized, oh, wait a minute, birds migrate. 
Um, I, it, it was really around, uh, apparently, the, like 18, like the 1820s, when people really started to get serious about, okay, where the fuck do birds go? Uh, one of the clues, someone in Germany found a bird. It was a large, like, stork that had, like, a weapon in it. This bird had survived an attack in, uh, like, I guess, a hunting party in Africa, and it had a spear in it. And they're like, what the fuck? This bird has a spear, and it doesn't look like it's any of our stuff. And uh, they did research, and then they realized, oh, this bird was in Africa. Wait, is that where the birds go? Not too soon after that, they were everyone got together, they started trading stories, and realized, oh, okay, yeah, 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 birds apparently migrate. Um, I guess that kind of tracks that it would take until like the modern times, the 1820s for people to realize it. But at the same time, I'm like, is it, did it really take that long for us to realize how birds migrated? I, I, yeah, I don't know. That seems off. It wouldn't shock me giving some of the other stuff that we just didn't know, or I mean, I mean, until like even recently, but that seems like too long. It seems like other people would have caught on by then. Yeah. Yeah, because... Surely the Native Americans knew that birds migrated, and it was just Europeans being dummies, not I, understanding, I, it, thinking I that mean, they are the center of the Earth. I feel like maybe we're just talking about a matter of degree, because this sounds wildly suspect. I happened across it. I thought I would bring it for our uh, assessment, and I, I agree with you. I think it is suspect. Bird migrations were recorded in Europe from at least 3,000 years ago. But was it like the popular thought? I guess that that's the thing. Aristotle um, wrote about it. Other people, I guess, in Europe, I, I, I wrote about, Hesiod, hey, we don't know where the birds Homer, go. We just assume that it's... Heroditus, Aristotle, yeah. I, I mean, I think we're just talking about matter of degree because I nothing else makes sense. So there were some awkward, we'll say, conversations between groups of people in Europe. Isn't it weird that birds, like, hibernate in the ground over winter? And they were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Birds migrate. What? Perhaps. Yeah, I think that's most likely the case. That makes sense. That makes sense. That makes way more sense than them just not knowing until the 1820s. Yeah, that's Because that is insane. That, there's no, that's there's insane. Zero, zero chance that that's possible. Zero chance. Thank you for setting, helping set the record straight, friend. Zero chance, guys. Brad, um, speaking of birds, uh, there were some studies done about animal perception. Um, this also happened in Europe, where they... It's kind of hard to explain why they did this, and to be honest, I'm not sure if you can explain it, other than for amusement. But essentially, they did a study to see if birds understood magic tricks performed by magicians. I don't, why? I, that's the question, I guess. And how? So, <laughs> so apparently there've been people doing, uh, either posing as behavioral scientists or posing as magicians or both that have been doing I, magic tricks for animals for a while. I mean, when you start talking about behavioral science, um, uh, especially when you start edging towards like, uh, evolutionary psychology, uh, you aren't too far from stage magician. I, I'm going to read a quote from the paragraph that talks about this. Um, Most magic tricks require a fairly sophisticated understanding of how humans perceive the world. Uh, to fall for a trick, Brad, people have to see things they perceive as important and ignore things that are actually important. Understanding why magic works can tell us important things about how humans detect or direct our attention and form expectations. And at some point, behavioral scientists, 
realized they could take this idea and apply it to animals. Can we? If animals are also fooled by magic tricks, we can identify where our cognitive skills overlap. Can we? If tricks fail, we can identify points where our understandings of the world diverge. Or appreciation for magic tricks, but um... Uh, yeah, I'm... It, no. So, they did it with primates, obviously, because we're closely related, and there was overlap, like primates can fall for magic tricks. So they thought, how far down does this go? So they recently took a bunch of uh, Eurasian jays, which um, are, are, I guess are kind of like, obviously, the American like blue jays, or maybe cardinals, and uh, they, they're unusually intelligent for birds. They're not like crazy intelligent like blackbirds, but these uh, these birds will cache food for the future, but like have, unlike a squirrel that buries a nut, they fight, all right, I'm gonna hide food in this one particular place. I, I change it up every year so other birds can't get it. I will go to elaborate links, like links to uh, uh, throw off other birds to where my cache might be. Like they, they themselves will perform tricks on other birds and do like, a lot of things they don't have to, just to throw birds off the trail of where their secret stash of food is. Just one of the, the hallmarks of their intelligence. They're like, all right, let's get some magicians here and see if they can, these birds can understand magic tricks. And the birds were not feeling it. Me neither. Uh, the birds, uh, no. I'm with the birds. Um, the birds uh, were like confused, like, what the fuck are you doing? And they were like doing sleight of hand magic. Now you see it, now you don't. Where did it go? And it either didn't take long for the birds to realize what was going on and they just like weren't playing it it's like what what hand is the food in now and the birds just be like this hand dummy fuck um or the birds were completely confused about what was going on and kind of ignored the magicians so just so you know birds are not fans of magic don't know why we spent research money because someone paid and got a grant for this it sounds like just a make work project for magicians uh, yeah <laughs> which i am morally yeah, I, can, I, can, I can see that I'm, I'm a scientist I'm all and a magician for, friend, struggling. I'm all about the government creating jobs, but not for magicians. We have to draw a line somewhere. Yeah, birds would appreciate that. We drew the line, and I think all of us can appreciate that. No government jobs for magicians. Brad, the last bit of, uh, I would say, science-related news, or adjacent, though this, I would say, is a little bit more interesting, at least um, I think it might be, um, is a study scientists recently did around pupil size. Um... So they were doing a test about something else and realized there was a correlation on how successful people were able to perform this task. Um, and it had to do something with memory and the size of their pupils, which sounds weird. And it sounded weird to the scientists too. So they decided to do more tests. So this is coming from uh, the laboratories of Georgia Institute of Technology. They had, uh, they performed three tests they recruited 500 people ages 18 to 35 in the Atlanta area. And they threw, let's see, three different tests at them. They uh, had them uh, complete a series of tests around something called fluid intelligence, which is the capacity to reason through new problems, working memory capacity, obviously that's the ability to like uh, remember information in a, like a short period of time, and then attention control, the ability to focus without distraction. And um, let's see, they found that there was a measurable difference between people who were really good at the fluid memory and attention control tests 
and really bad. And it had to do with your, they could find a correlation with pupil size. If your resting pupil state was large, you performed better at these tests than people who had small pupils by a pretty significant degree. Not so much working memory. Working memory was kind of a, a wash between both of them. But they could tell, they said after the test, once they kind of looked at it and realized that, like, like I guess the correlation, they could look at people and be like, okay, what's your resting people? Uh, okay, I, I, I'm gonna guess you're gonna do pretty bad on these tests. And they were right. They could they could uh, accurately uh, choose and people just pretty much fell into those categories with, uh, I guess, with a margin of error, but I don't, for the I don't most like part. I like this eyeball phrenology. If they went to crazy lengths, dog. Like, they had computers, like, they had them stare at a blank screen to kind of get their resting eye state where computers watch their eyes. Because everyone's resting eye state is different sizes, and how you get there is different. There's also things you have to control for, like, is there someone attractive near them? Because when you are attracted to someone, or interested in someone, your pupils dilate. <laughs> so they had to, like, make sure there was no other things going on for that. Um, I mean, there's a whole bunch of other reasons, like light, <laughs> just your mood, they, like, like what's going on in your body. Like, there's a lot of things that can control your your the size of your pupil, like how much light you let in. But again, controlling for all that. And apparently as you get older, your pupils shrink a little bit hmm. and they accommodated for that. And yeah, um, old people, it works for every age. People with larger eyes tend to perform better on these cognitive tasks than people with smaller eyes, smaller irises, which is weird. Or, or pupils, I mean, but but that's that's a what, little strange. What about baby eyeballs? Can we tell anything from baby pupils? Can you tell? Oh, God, I got a dumb baby. <laughs> Let me look at their eyes. Uh, All right, doctor, you sure. can keep it. <laughs> keep this little beady-eyed motherfucker. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. I got a stupid. I got stupid pupils over here. Anybody want to trade? Anybody want to raise a dummy? <laughs> I. I mean, I have never truly looked at people's pupils before, outside that... of just like the random. I, I, because that would be fucking weird, Alex. It is weird. Just go up to. Hey. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. All right. All right, huh. dummy. Um, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that out loud. Oh, you probably didn't catch it. <laughs> You're so simple. It's precious. Again, I, great. I, people with larger pupils, great at focusing when they need to. Uh, they aren't distracted by, I guess, uh, just instinctual, like, anything enters our peripheral vision and grabs our attention. They were able to focus through it for the most part. And then also, I guess, just on straight up brute force, like fluid intelligence, like reasoning. People with large pupils, they know what's up. Working memory, though, again, just the working memory, being able to know information, which makes sense, because I guess if memorization is like the easiest form of learning, I guess that, that would be accessible to everybody. But it's bizarre. Oh, yeah. So it's a weird finding. They, it, the actual, like I would say after that, they're like, okay, why is this happening? And it turns out one of the things that they think might be causing it is what actually regulates your pupil size or helps to regulate it um there's a special there's a certain part of your brain that also regulates surprise these other motor functions or like uh, not motor function but these cognitive abilities because uh, working memory is somewhere else so if you're if your brain is like i would say really good in that particular area like i guess the neurons are connected really well or you just have like a if if, if that part of your brain is larger then your pupils tend to be larger so it's like all right this is just an indicator outside that that part of your brain is large larger than i would say the average person but weird weird everybody check, with, check your babies check your baby's pupils check, check your babies check your babies you you need to know oh this kid's a fucking idiot we're dumbest <laughs> fucking kid 
Hey, you can't- hey, hey, listen, 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 you gotta go easy on him. Look at those pupils. Look at these stupid <laughs> fucking pupils. Oh, look at this dummy. Oof. I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it's a crazy world. Can you imagine dating apps where they're like, okay, now look directly on your camera. All right, gotcha. Hmm. Oh, sorry, you're a three out of five. You have a little three pupils, you're average. Hey, hey um, could you just send me a photo just where I can see your pupils really well? I just gotta, I gotta zoom in here and get out my ruler. All yeah, right, yeah. Let's see. Mm. That's no good. <laughs> Oh, this makes all the sense hey, now. Quick question. Do you even have a, a, an overly large face in general? I'm just trying to get the scale of your pupils, you know. Just trying to, because it just seems like you have really tiny pupils, and I just need to know. I just need to know. <laughs> I've been fooled before. People with contacts make like, their pupils look larger, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I just think, I just want to make sure you're not uh, uh, an idiot, basically. Yeah, without having to like talk, I don't want to waste my time like talking. And, I mean, like, you could have like a friend like, texting for life you. experiences. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. know what kind of games you're playing. Um, pupils that are the. I, listen, I'm all about pupil phrenology, <laughs> and I just gotta make sure. <laughs> Interesting. Like you, I mean, yeah, this could breed a whole bunch of other, like, crazy... Maybe you just memorized some talking points from a book before our date. Like, that that, that could just be to fool me. And I don't appreciate yeah. that. What's, what you can't lie about is your pupils. Yeah. Unless you're wearing contacts. Can I touch your eyeball? Make sure there's not a contact <laughs> in there. Just gotta see what we're working with. Let me get a, let me get a ruler and uh, let me just touch it. Let me jab it real quick. All right, that seems real. All right, let's see. All right, let me just uh, get a little measurement there. Okay. Well, I think that's that's all right. That's all right. I mean, you could do yeah. better, but you know, nobody's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, no one's perfect. <laughs> Myself ranks somewhere in the middle, but yeah, I see. We do again. We do again. So, uh, where are you from? So, what do you do for a living? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess the pupils just potential, you know, someone with large pupils. You hate to see it. Someone with large pupils just like not living. Not, you know, not I, their I, think so, I think it's so brave when you see a little beady eye, tiny pupil motherfucker just trying to get through life. Because it's like, boy, it must be real hard being such a fucking idiot. <laughs> so brave. Oh, God. Give him a, give him a hand. Oh, oh, my God. Congratulations. Congratulations! Did you tie your shoes yourself? <laughs> Good job, little pukes. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be really scary or interesting when like the Ivy League stop taking the SAT and the ACTs and it's just pupil. I mean, uh, I like I feel size. like they're not far from that. Like just some yeah. weird way. It's just yeah. If they can, any way they can bring phrenology back. Like, I think they'll be down. Yeah. So you were number one in your class? Cool, cool. R.A. was a private school, really elite. Nice, neat. Uh, I, I, I see your SAT, perfect scores, but let me, I don't see your pupil size here. Ooh, I'm sorry. I don't know if this is what it's gonna take. Maybe you're on the wait list this year or <laughs> forever. Yeah, you don't. Um, so you're not. You don't have any any relatives that went here, no. And your pupils that small? Uh, hmm. Well, <laughs> you know we. Uh, I mean, there's really only so many people we can take on charity. Yeah, yeah. I we mean, expect. We see that quota. these institutions. Uh, we like to foster. The next leaders of our society, and well, we love you know the charitable aspect of of trying to help somebody out, but 
it may be too much for you because your pupils. But I mean, studies would show. Yeah, it's way little, too much. Little baby right. pupils. Little baby pupils. Get on out of here. Go to community college or state school. Have you thought about? <laughs> have you thought about touch, like a like a like a trade? I mean, everyone needs welders. Ooh. Welders are very important. Yeah. I mean, it might even help because, like, when you weld, it's really bright. Maybe having like smaller pupils will help that not damage your eyes as much. Yeah, you can handle it more. I think, you, you could know excel what? at this. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna write you a recommendation letter for trade school. Thanks. Bye. Goodness, we got to be careful with what we study. Yikes. Uh, it, it should emphatically not be do birds understand magic tricks because that's fucking stupid. And we got to be careful about these eye studies. Where does science lead us? People are going to abuse it. It's going to get weird. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. Is there a correlation? No, I'm not going to say it out loud because I, I don't want there to. I don't want people to do that. I don't want it. I don't want it. Brad, mm -hmm. can I can I ask your advice on something? Please. So I, I someone wrote in and they have a question. So this isn't this isn't a Mormon particularly, but this is a this is a this is a story I, I would just like your opinions on. Mm -hmm. Or a question. So uh, let's see who this who this person's name is. Uh, hey, Brad. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm a grand, not grand theft. And I have a question for you for the show for our listeners. Our son suffered from a brain injury after a car incident. He's independent, but hard to employ. And my husband and I have long res uh, resolved ourselves to help him out financially. Uh, he met and married a woman named Deb three years ago. Deb has two girls from a previous relationship. We wanted to welcome her and her girls fully into our family. But their pupils but Deb, are so tiny. But they're beady-eyed little uh, gold diggers. Um, but Deb had a marked preference for her own family over ours. That's a weird. That's a weird phrase or sentence. A marked preference. Oh, she likes her, her family. family. What a weirdo! <laughs> Despite many uh, invitations, they only visited us a handful of times and never offered for us to visit them. Right. My husband and I were dutiful grandparents. We mailed gifts and cards on all the right occasions and asked about the girls on the phone. But we were never grandma and grandpa. Two years ago, Deb wanted to put her girls in a private school after they went through a series of serious bullying incidents at the public school. Oh, yeah, and the public school did nothing. Their family can't afford it, so we stepped up and paid the tuition along with all the other assorted costs. And it wasn't cheap. This spring, our son broke down and told us that his marriage is over. Deb had been having an affair over the entire course of their relationship. She blamed our son because he was so forgetful and unfocused that, of course, she would uh, look elsewhere. Wow, Deb. You're so forgetful. <laughs> <laughs> well, with your memory like yours, of course I would go somewhere else. Yeah, really, I, gotta, I gotta fuck this other dude. You're forgetful. <laughs> you forget how to fuck me. There's nothing... Uh, I, there's nothing that's less than a turnoff than a bad memory. <laughs> She blamed our son, okay, uh, because he was so forgetful and unfocused that of course she would look elsewhere. I've never seen my son so broken, and that includes in the hospital after the incident. Oh, fuck off. They are getting a divorce. My husband and I agreed that it wasn't right to punish the girls and have them pulled out mid-semester, so we paid the school for the spring and summer activities. Uh, but then we were done. We told our son this, but he did not communicate it clearly to Deb. She called me in a rage because she couldn't re-enroll her girls. 
I told Deb she had only herself to blame and no sane person would expect support after how she treated my son. Deb accused me of throwing her girls in the gutter. I told her if that happened, it was only because their mother was a piece of trash. Oh, well, yeah. Well, true. Huh? Deb has had the girls calling my son every other day, crying and pleading about how they don't want to lose their friends and school. Deb got a bogus restraining order against my son, who has never lifted a hand against anyone in his life, and got him exiled from the apartment he helped pay for. There may be something else going on there. Yeah, I, I don't I, think you can easily get a bogus restraining no, order. No, you, you um, can't. You can. Like, I could be. But who knows? Uh, my son refuses to move home and let us get a lawyer for him. He is handling it, but blames us for not supporting his girls. He truly loved those girls. Our family members think we need to offer to pay tuition until the divorce is complete and then uh, dive off. I think that's worse. What should we do? Brad, what should we do? You don't have to pay for things Grand, you don't want to pay for. Grand, not grand theft. Exactly. Don't. Like You don't have to do that. If you don't want to do that, don't do that. Like Zero obligation. Yeah. Like that easy yeah so you just decided you wanted to didn't want to pay for it anymore you could just not pay for it anymore like that's always on the table that's how your money works yeah. is it is it unfair to these girls though brad are they victims in all of this and is it is it their responsibility to pay for something like that well first first of all like private school shouldn't exist um truth like just shouldn't exist in general but like I, mother pay for the school. If the mother can't afford the school, then they can't go to the school. That's how that's how it works. I don't understand what the question that's is. How it works? There's no. There's no. Maybe there's. That's it. I mean, it's just that cut and dry. You don't have to. I, I don't know why this person is is writing in to get like clear. Who are these I, people saying they should pay for it? Just the just the mom and the kids. They have no other outlet to get to go to the school. But who are which, these family members that are saying they should pay for it? I don't know. I you know those family members. Like how are these people like insanely wealthy? Like what are we talking about? If they were insanely wealthy, I mean, again, not obligated to do anything no. at all. Like again, you hit it. Like, yeah, out the gate. No, you don't have to do that. Not at all. Yeah. No. Even if they were still like your like in a family relationship with your son in a way that like you know everyone was married and whatnot and not divorced. You still don't have an obligation to do that yeah. at all. Um, you may want to do it, which is what they did. But even with those, uh, but the, with those ties cut, yeah, you still you never have an obligation like that. Yeah, I I don't even understand. There's no question here. There's a least controversial decision ever made. It's very strange. Very weird. Um, yeah, no paper things you shouldn't. So Brad, um, over the weekend, I went to a wedding. First time really going to anything social uh, since the pandemic started. I was super nervous. Um, and uh, it was interesting because I think we were all kind of, I guess, in that kind of nervous energy because, it's, again, none of us have done this in a while. But it was fun and there were some uh, interesting highlights. So I, uh, we, it was out of town. So we had to drive up in the middle of, of nowhere, Ohio. Um, do you remember where Lima was, Brad, when we went up there to see? Oh, yeah. Um, what was that, the producers with John West? So north of Lima is another place, uh, even more in the middle of nowhere, called Findlay, Ohio. Oddly enough, I've known people from there uh, in college. I've never gone. It is a tiny little town. It has been, re its downtown has, be re has been redone, and it's actually kind of adorable um, in its own way. It has a very old-timey town feel, which is a little weird, I guess, but it was cute. Um, it, but, but it is in the middle of nowhere, Ohio. 
So I was I was driving up. Uh, my wife, it was her friend who was getting married. Uh, he had already gone up, uh, I guess, the day before to hang out with her friends. So after the dog was and the kids were getting to the places where they're going to hang out for the weekend, uh, we decided I, I was driving up. And I realized I'd packed everything but a tie. And I thought, well, I can't just go to this without a tie. I got my suit. And I can't just go to a wedding without a tie, maybe? I, th- I think, one... Uh, my wife may be mad at me for, I, I don't know, mad, but she'd be like, why is he got a tie? Like, I, I, I thought it'd be weird, so I was like, okay, I'm going to try to find a tie like, around there. Surely this, there's some this tiny pupil fool didn't even think to bring a tie. Hey, dummy. <laughs> oh, your pupils are bigger than I would have expected. Huh. No. Um, so I just, I, I look on the map, like, well, where can I get a tie at? And there's no easy, convenient place for me to get a tie except for a Walmart. Walmart tie. So I go to Walmart in the middle of nowhere and go to their tie section to try to get tie. I'm like, it doesn't have to be, look, this is one day, one night, doesn't matter. I mean, a Walmart tie is just as good as any other tie. The ties don't matter. I have a hundred of these at home, but it sucks that I forgot it, but I can just buy some cheap tie, it's no big deal. The Walmart tie selection mm-hmm. had three ties. Yep. There was a, a blue stripe, which is nice. They're, they were all like nice. They were ten dollar ties. Sure. There was a, there was there was a red one that was super shiny. There was a red one with black stripes, and there was a blue one that had like gold and like cream and navy. And I thought I gotta wear the blue one because my suit is navy, and I don't have anything to really go with red. So I'm going. I'm gonna go blue. So I got the one tie. Right after I got that tie, another person came up shopping for ties, and. I left them with just the two ties, and I think they realized that I had already taken one, and they were a little like, oh, it was weird. Um, but I got my Walmart tie, got it on. We eventually got uh, to the wedding, which happened in a kind of cobblestoned alley. Um, it was downtown. It was really, actually, it was really nice. Um, there were chairs everywhere. It, it was uh, an alley, but it had been like redone, and it was, it was very nice. It was supposed to be like, hey, we have this downtown, and it's just a neat place to kind of have weddings or events. Uh, there wasn't really a sound system, so they had speakers up. You could barely hear anything, but it was it was nice. But because it was in an alley and it was windy, it was a wind tunnel. And at one point, the bride's uh, veil straight up over her head and it was a pretty like wide v like it was it was just like a it just the way the wind went they were in their vows they were doing everything and suddenly this thing just went up and stayed for a while just the way the wind was blowing amazing and it was pretty awesome (laughs) everyone was like all right cool um so that happened and you know it was fine uh, I forgot to mention that when I was at the hotel, that there were two weddings happening in the city. And apparently everyone knew about it because people kept asking me, and again, stranger in this town, I'm in a suit. Oh, which which wedding are you in or here for? And I thought, how does everyone keep asking me? I, I didn't really know when weddings were happening. I don't know when weddings are happening now. How are the, how is this this big of a deal that there's there's two weddings in the city and it's oh who's at whose wedding? Very bizarre to me. Um, I kept I, I ran into um, just people going to the wedding like oh you're gonna go to the wedding I, I oh you're going to the other one hmm. very bizarre. Whoa. Um, I know it, it was weird small town kind of stuff. Yikes. And yeah, it was weird. Um, oh, you're going to the wedding, and you bought the tie, didn't Oh. <sighs> so you're the guy. What? Walmart's had three ties for day, I think, for weeks, months. You finally bought the blue one. Um, the Again, besides it being super weird to be around a lot of people, 
them, which I have not been about, and especially at a wedding. It, it was super, it was, it was fun. It was nice to get back out and do things like that. The only other, I would say, highlight that I can think of off my head, and it's been like a while since I was there, was so at the reception, which is at the hotel where we're staying at, they had like a dance floor. And for some reason, before anyone else got in there, it was just all us in there, like getting ready for the, the wedding party to make their arrival. Someone had taken the cake that the bride and groom would cut and put it in the middle of the dance floor, which no one's dancing right now. Sure, that's fine. But when the wedding party made their grand entrance, um, they were coming in, I, like loud music was playing. They're like, yeah, we have, our, everyone had their interest song. They were like coming in and dancing. Uh, this is my least favorite part about modern weddings, by the way, is this uh, wedding party entrance. I, I don't fully get it. And I'm like, why are we doing this? I, I guess spectacle for the sake of spectacle, but it seems weird. Um, well, I, I, two people come in, uh, a groomsman and a bridesmaid, and the groomsmen, they're also all pretty inebriated at this point because the wedding happened separate from the reception and there was enough time between there, I guess. So um, in their haze of enjoyment, the, the groomsmen picked up this uh, bridesmaid seemingly just on the fly, like, this will be fun. And they started to like twirl around the dance floor and literally multiple times came within inches of this cake. Um, and like knocking it over and everyone went ah! like it was gas and then like ah! like another gas <laughs> and they were all like what oh <laughs> weird it was almost crazy um after that they kind of like all right tame. like they was like all right no one's doing anything crazy dancing in and uh the only other i, I okay the second the last the last thing i'll say is when that I guess, uh, I don't know what you, your best man, when the best man was giving this to the groom, to everyone, which again is also an awkward ceremony because because almost always the speeches at the reception were the best man and then like uh, the number one bridesmaid, which I forget, the, the main maid of honor maybe. I like the number one bridesmaid get... better. <laughs> hey, number one bridesmaid. <laughs> hey, um, number three. I don't have... Hey, what's up, um, number three bridesmaid? She has tiny pupils. She would have been too. <laughs> But look at those little beady eyes. <laughs> the whole time I was thinking, why isn't this a murder mystery? Why is it? Why? Like, I I, I look forward to, Brad, uh, should you should you want to get married to someone and find someone to get married to uh, that, that you enjoy, like, to share your life with, that that murder mystery wedding happens yeah. because it's going to be awesome and I cannot wait for it. And uh, after that, just the idea of it, every other wedding is like, eh, whatever. <laughs> There's no way this could be as good as a murder mystery wedding. I, I, I hope that someone stands up here and is like, oh, there's been a murder. But I'm like, it's wishful thinking at this point. We got a photo booth, whatever. Oh, uh, right. Everything is just I, garbage like, if it's not a murder mystery wedding. Like people with these, like, I don't know, with these lame ass fucking weddings. I mean, I have not been to many weddings in my life, but I just feel like it's just the, the boring tradition of it all. I'm like, yeah. what's going on, guys? Kick it up. Come on. Who, who are you doing this I, for? I mean, not to... Yeah. I mean, it's it's for you and the people, I guess, because that's all it is. It's like a ceremony of, hey, we're married now. Everyone needs to be cool with that. Let's have a party. Um, make it awesome. Not to say that... I, I, there were a lot of people that super enjoyed this wedding, and I thought it was super fun. Like, I, I the only thing I regret not doing is dancing. Um, I was fucking tired. It, it, and I had my Walmart tie. Um, so I... No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I actually really, really like my Walmart tie. Um, but anyway... Um, 
All that to say, when they were giving their speeches, the best man was like, hey, I, I've known you since the second grade, and somehow you remember what I was wearing the day when we met, which is a little weird, but, you know, we've been friends through it all, uh, even though after after we've like gone to college and we went different ways, like, we still find time to, like, connect, like, once a year and hang out, and you know what? You're, you're my best friend. I'm so happy for you. Nothing but... Th so, my... <sighs> My wife is friends with, uh, I would say, someone who has known the bride since she was in second grade. Like, they've known each other since they were kids. And the other reason my wife and, um, I would say, their friend, mutual friend of the bride weren't bridesmaids was mainly just location. We are so far from them, and it doesn't make, it, like, it, it would be hard for them to be, like, in the bridal party. So there's this heartfelt speech, and then uh, number one maid of honor with the largest pupils gets up, and it is bad. <laughs> It's been so great to know you for these last three years. Um, I can't follow the second guy. She has like a voice just like that, just obnoxious. Oh. She's obnoxious. And she has awkward pauses where she'll say a sentence and you think it's over, but then she'll continue. And it's in a rhythm. And the pauses are in certain places to where you're thinking, is she like being catty? Is this like, is she making fun of this? And like yes. trying to be mean? And the one sticks out in my mind is uh, at the end of it, she's like, just so you know, me and the other uh, bridesmaids, one, two, three, four, and five, uh, we wish you and your husband nothing but the best. <laughs> oh, that's so good. And that's, and that's when lights go down, detective comes out, there's been a murder. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I can't fucking wait, man. I, yeah, that's that would have been the spot. We wish you nothing. Excuse me, excuse me. Everyone stay where you are. Stay where you are. There's been a murder. And no one's leaving until we solve it. Also, cake will be being served in 15 minutes. I, yeah, I can't. The murder mystery wedding is the best wedding. And this this wedding was, again, great. It was adorable. It was fun. I wish, I wish the bride and groom nothing but the best. No space there. But people need to um, people need to be able to give speech. Like I just yeah, come on, it's awkward. Get it together. I I've been to some weddings that have like that is the best probably of the worst ones just because the way and that's the only example I can remember. But she did that constantly throughout, and it was not a joke. It was it was what it was. But I've been to some where it was just ugh, like they had no plan before. It was weird. It was weird. Uh, my I I I mean I think my 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 favorite incident of um, wedding speeches uh, was when my mother and her husband uh, were giving their vows that were directly contradictory. That was awesome. <laughs> that was the that was possibly the funniest wedding ever. Like I <laughs> like what? Yeah. Do you motherfuckers not talk this through? Like I. I would be surprised if, so a lot of couples like to save like the wedding vow stuff as a surprise, which now in retrospect makes sense given your, your mother and uh, her husband's like vows. I guess. Um, because this, at this, at this wedding, um, the bride, I know from an inside source, 
had a lot of trouble with her wedding vows and hadn't had them written even the night before. Uh, but the groom had obviously spent like a long time and, and, and their wedding vows were off in, I would say, rhythm or, or like because his was about five minutes long and he went into great detail talking about life and about like future together and uh, like when he met her, like how he, he, he found out through and it, it was funny in certain areas, like how that he knew like, oh, yeah, we, it makes sense that we get married. I, I love you, blah, blah, blah. And hers was also heartwarming, but you'd have to know that she was a Backstreet Boys fan because she basically cobbled together a speech out of Backstreet Boys song lyrics. Okay, all right. I mean, um, I, <laughs> like, I think I prefer that, though, than a five-minute, like, serious thing. I, I think... I, oh, listen, yeah. I... I Obviously, I have a lot of problems with the standard, the standard issue wedding ceremony. I, I mm -hmm. the vows in particular, I think we gotta we gotta do some rejiggering of that whole system because what I what I, I I understand that I guess people want to like like give like an important speech about why they love somebody and that's the vows. I get that that's a, mm -hmm. a way to do vows. I think it's too personal. I think that's too personal to be upfront to people. And I understand that that's part of the point. I don't like it though. I feel it's performative and weird. And if it's actually genuine, then it's, it's, I, I, feel, I think it's uncomfortable. I think they keep that private. Like, I don't know that we need to get in that. And I feel like, because I feel like most people aren't, maybe I think most people aren't in their head enough to not be completely genuine. But I feel if I, if I were to be getting married and I were doing that sort of a vow, where I'm doing this like five minute, like why I love this person, all the things, I feel like it, it would be so real and sincere that not only would I be uncomfortable, but I think everyone else would be uncomfortable for me. Because I, I, I can see, yeah. I, I, I feel like, I feel like that most people aren't able to, to access, process, and communicate in a way that's real enough to actually pull that off. I think most people aren't, I feel like most of these things when people are doing this, it, it feels weird to me because I'm like, oh, that's your best. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I mean, it's. Ugh, I guess it's too. sweet because I guess it's sweet that you're doing this. But I, Manzies, I, I, I feel like this is the most judgmental I'm ever gonna be of you. <laughs> so I don't like it. I, I that tracks. Yeah. I feel like I just feel like it should be. It should be a little shorter. It should be a little. I don't know. A, a little less because it's not you. Because I, I, I don't think you are accurately expressing your feelings. Like I don't feel that you are. I don't feel. I don't feel that th these people that are doing these long-winded things. I don't feel they're doing it well. And I feel like the people that would be doing it well are making everyone else uncomfortable. So I feel like there just needs to be. Uh, we just need to rethink how this is going. It is weird, and I, I would say that you could probably cut it from ninety-nine percent of weddings, mm -hmm. and it'd be fine. Because the the wedding itself is an act of hey. It, I want to marry this person. So I'm linked with them, I would say, for the rest of life, like just like hypothetically. Uh, in the lies of the law, we are now uh, like a couple uh, and get all the tax benefits that might be involved in that and other benefits as well, uh, legally. Mm -hmm. um, I think that is itself 
like an action of I love you I want to be with you all the other stuff like who is it for like is it hey is it just uh, showing off like hey everyone needs to know our story but why do they need to know like I didn't need to know all the stuff that over the weekend that these people said it, and like I said the bride's like Backstreet Boys thing knowing that she was obsessed with them and like has even to this day like really really likes them and that's cool that meant something more from her and it was a lot shorter and yeah if you knew her as I guess people did I, do I, I, you'd be like oh that is adorable in its own way and I it prefer says a lot that of, of, the two, of the two options there I think I prefer that oh yeah just do your song lyrics and keep it under three minutes. Yeah. You're doing a thing that's personal, that's performative and entertaining for all, while still expressing the overall thought that you're supposed to express. Yeah. And with someone else's words. So it is personal, but like, isn't that music though? Everyone loves these songs. They know these lyrics by heart, but they just, they have it molded to whatever their life experiences, what their events are. I mean, it's it's actually pretty poetic in, in a, a better way, I think, overall. But I mean, it's, it's I mean, it's all a performance. Like this, it's, the whole thing, weddings are performative and they're performances. Now, personally, I think we should take it the next notch and make it a murder mystery. But, like, I, everyone oh, doesn't yeah. seem to be on that train yet. So. They'll get there. They'll get there. No. We just have to get it, like, po- in the popular consciousness. I don't know if that's, like, a, a TikTok thing can do that. or I mean, I YouTube, don't. Listen, we... if, if I should ever get married, I don't want it to already be, like, like worn out. So let's not get it trending yet. Like, give me, give me a little bit more time. <laughs> All right. I, we can do that. I, I, I don't want to put a time limit on it. We just won't. I we mean, will not launch that business yeah. venture for Ramjack, Ramjack uh, Weddings until, give me a until we do the first one. a little bit more time. Just a little bit more time, everybody. Hold on. <laughs> I'll be dead soon um, anyway. It's fine. It's fine. This is, this is super random. My fake, but I my thinking... fake high school reunion's coming up. <laughs> so over just randomly the last couple of days and i don't know if it was the wedding or other things that i've seen i i remembered oh it might be because my computer i had to take it to the apple store because it was broken i'm actually i don't know if you if you'll be able to tell a difference in audio quality but i'm recording with a completely different setup tonight because my computer had to go into the shop um, for issues um so it's pretty it's pretty basic and bare bones this week. But I I, I was reminded of the time uh, in our early podcasting years where our audio files would just fail pretty regularly, mm-hmm. or we'd, we'd lose like an hour or thirty minutes. And I always thought, yeah, that was a bummer because it sucked because we'd get into it. Uh, and some of those like really sucked because we wouldn't find out till late. But I always felt that we took it as an opportunity of like, all right, that sucks, but we know what we did. Let's just do that again. Yeah. And we found maybe new ways to do it. It's like, all right, it. it was almost an opportunity to be like, all right, let's make it better. Yeah, it was <laughs> always better. Let's cut out the thing we didn't need to. Let's just do it. Yeah, it was way better. I always say like, okay, yeah, 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 we can do this. Uh, making lemons out of lemonade, or lemonade out of lemons there. But I was like, you know, I don't know if a lot of people can do that. I've heard other podcasts talk about them losing audio and just yeah. like either giving up, like, oh, God, we just didn't do it. We just didn't do it because I couldn't, we couldn't, we couldn't. I was like, why not? It's so weird to Why me. not? It's just like, we, we, uh, we always, anytime we had to redo something, it always came back like three times better. Because we knew we already knew where the beats were at that point. Oh yeah, and it was always a test. I was always okay. I guess this is almost a humble brag in a way, but I was always amazed how we would like in re. We made it seem real. <laughs> like it's like we've already told these jokes before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, like you said, now that we know the beats, now that we know the rhythm, it was tighter. It made more sense. We would 
maybe add certain things to different areas to kind of like play the idea because at that point we've already played the idea out and it was like all right well wait a minute like it was just great like i i i would say all that to say friend it, it has been wonderful to do this show with you and i, I think we hit it, bring a professional level in these areas and i i appreciate indeed you. indeed it's been a strong 12 years i just like to say a few things about the last 12 years you know i remember <laughs> the first time we recorded a podcast i remember what alex was wearing it was like a shirt i think and some pants or something uh Boy, oh, he's right. He's right. Those those were some heady times. <laughs> but uh, as the song goes, oh no, <laughs> friends, it is the most super super special time of the week where we talk about TNT. T. S. Turner was a city smart kid fighting his way off the street until he was framed for a crime he didn't commit. Amy Taylor was a young crusading lawyer. She mounted an appeal to put Turner back on the street, this time in a suit and tie, working as a private detective. Together, they are TNT. Ladies and gentlemen, oh. this is the episode of TNT we have been waiting for in so many ways. Friends, this is the single greatest episode of television. That is not hyperbole. That is that is fact. Um, everyone has to watch this. I would say this is required viewing of the Ramjack community. As Brad has said in our Facebook group, I'm, go on there and just watch it. Yeah, friends. I like listen. I you have to watch this. It is the greatest twenty three minutes of television I've ever seen. I, I usually watch the episode the day we record. Um, last night I ripped it and put it on my Plex server and I just I just started <laughs> to watch the, cause I just wanted to see what the opening, you know, the little preview was. And it was already so weird that I was like, I gotta watch this whole fucking thing right now. And uh, guys, this is amazing. Go watch this. We're gonna talk about it, but you need to see this because <laughs> there's no way we can explain how wild this is. There is not a normal scene in this episode of television. It is surreal. Like, I, well, here we'll just get into it. Yeah. I I have a minute to summarize this episode as to as quickly as possible. Like in a minute uh, on the dot. Uh, if I go over. Uh, I've forgotten uh, what side of the grocery store I, I'm on, and if I'm horrendously under, I am a uh, grocery store manager chump. Oof. But if I hit a minute on the dot, I'm a Braveheart. And it's going to be tough this week, ladies and gentlemen. I believe in you, friend. I believe in you. And when you succeed, I'm going to pick you up by your ankles and carry you <laughs> to the to the champion station. <laughs> I appreciate it. Just be careful of those eggs over there. That egg display. Oh. Just cartons of eggs. Watch, oh, watch out for the cake. Watch out for the eggs. <laughs> Tell me when you're ready. Count me in. Tell me. Count me in. Let's All just right. do it. Let's do it. I believe in you. I believe in the Silver Angel. I believe in the Fat Boys. I believe you will be going in three, two, one, go. 
The Silver Angel is uh, terrorizing a local grocery store. He wears silver clothing and has a mask. And what he does is he steals groceries and gives them to the poor. Lame. The grocery store owner uh, is trying to work with the cops to get him booked. Uh, they have a suspect who's this old dude. He can't be the Silver Angel. That's weird. So Mr. T and uh, Amy Amanda are working on it to make sure that this guy doesn't get framed. Uh, Mr. T's also got his cousin in town who is a rapper who's part of the Fat Boys. Well, it turns out that this wily grocery store owner is just evil. He took a normal grocery store and made it into a bougie grocery store and some senior citizens don't like it. So one of the senior citizens, the guy that's uh, for, uh, supposedly framed but is actually the Silver Angel. But the cops are on it and they're going to actually capture him. So the Fat Boys go to be the Silver Angel's angels and uh, they kind of stop him from making too much of craziness at the grocery store but Mr. T also uh, stops the grocery store owner from pressing charges in a weird way and everyone lives happily ever after. That's the ep- One minute! Yes! Uh, thank you Silver Angel for being a modern day Robin Hood with your trumpet and all. So good! <laughs> I should have started that summary with a trumpet call. Oh, I'll, I'll put it in. Um, I'll put it in. <laughs> Please do. This is amazing. Um, yeah. This is the greatest episode of television ever. Easily. Easily the greatest television episode ever. I, it, there's, I, there's not a normal moment in this episode. It is, like, especially in contrast to the episodes we've watched up to this point, it is a, a level of surreal that is entertaining and, to me, not very... Like, I'm here for it. Like, I I love this episode of television. And it might be just because of the journey we've been on up to this point um, with Mr. T and Amy Amanda and Decker. But um, I was not thrown off by the zaniness. I, I was I was with it and found myself laughing out loud many times in reaction to what was I was being like shown to me. Like, how can this be the same show that started out with um, that wannabe uh, a, a gangster yeah. and his friends whose little toy the still makes it even into this episode. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. I, what's, because the thing is, this is, like, this show is is always been ridiculous in just the fact that it's 22 minutes and it moves so fast and they do, they clearly do an hour TV show in 22 minutes. But, like, it's always been kooky. But this one, like, leans so far in that there's, they absolutely know what they're doing. <laughs> like, there's no yeah, question. This, is... Th- this isn't some weird, like, just goofy thing. Like, they're purposefully creating something that is wildly ridiculous on every front. <laughs> and everyone's and working not, on it. Yeah. They're not, they aren't jumping the shark with this episode because it is very different than the other ones. But it, it's a good way. Like, it's it, it feels like it still exists and is contained in this. And I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, I wish I knew more about the production and how this particular episode got made, what people were thinking about when they made Like, there's just so many unanswered questions. But I have not been able to really find um, any type of information online about the individual episodes to a degree that satisfies me. Yeah. It's it's very... So far, it seems that we are the only people truly diving into TNT in a way that it deserves. And... Um, Just criminal. It is criminal. But I... You know, if it, if it has to be us, let it be us. Yeah. I, I, I will do this job. Um, so yeah, the Silver Angel Brad. How does it start? What's going on? So we start off in a grocery store and uh, there's a guy stocking a shelf and here comes a woman 
Um, he, and this, this, uh, weirdo is, uh, checking out this woman's legs while he's stalking the shelf. And then his boss comes and hits him in the head. <laughs> this guy is either in his early thirties or late twenties. He's got a mullet. He's got the eighties mullet. Oh, yeah. Um, and he is a sad sack grocery store clerk and his boss comes and hits him in the head as, as he's ogling this woman. Yeah. I, I, and this boss, this guy, the whole time I'm just thinking about, um, like the professor from the old Alvin and the Chipmunks cartoon. Oh, definitely. Like, he, that, he looks exactly like, it's him, like yeah, right? he looks exactly like that cartoon. Identical to him. Yeah, it is weird. Like, I don't, I don't understand how one human can look so much like a cartoon of, uh, Clyde, Clyde Crash Cup is apparently that character's name. <laughs> <laughs> well, Clyde's back. Clyde, uh, Clyde, with this grocery store manager. Clyde's got to work. He's uh, playing a grocery store manager who's dressed like Pee Wee Herman for some reason. <laughs> I, I would have to say in the beginning scene where uh, the the little clerk gets his his head hit. Uh, I love his reaction of the <sighs> like his the way that he draws his mouth back and like a grimace of like fear. Yeah. Um, also, he's in front of the Coke refreshment center. This whole aisle is dedicated to Coke. And it's like liter glass bottles. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we see a few aisles over, Brad. And what's happening? Uh, what's happening is we see some silver boots and a silver pants and a silver glove. And it's just filling up a, a grocery cart. And meanwhile, everyone's giving shocked looks. And at the same time, there's this weird music cue. <laughs> <laughs> they they do this music cue throughout this episode and it's kind of spooky as though as though they're seeing like a ghost and I don't understand it because like it's not Slimer it's just a guy wearing a, a kooky outfit I mean if they were going to try to go the route that the silver angel is some sort of like uh like being from uh, the heavenly host. Even then, this is an appropriate music. It's not yeah. like a, like you said, like Slimer is the closest thing that really hits it on the head of what is this music, guys? It's eerie. But it's, it's an eerie music cue, and I don't understand it. And and the first woman that sees him, like her look of shock, is isn't way over the top. <laughs> I understand being like, what's going on when you see a guy in a crazy silver outfit with angel wings? Sure. And a helmet? Sure. Um, but then we see him full face because he pulls out he pulls out his little trumpet and he's bugling away. Yeah, the entire time he's loading a cart full of groceries. And yeah, these people are recoiled with shock. And I know this is an era before cosplay and maybe these people forgot what Halloween was. Um, are just, you know, people can have unique style. Um, but he plays his, his trumpet and that's when the manager realizes, oh fuck, the Silver Angel! And he scurries to go to the front. The Silver Angel plows through the checkout lines, goes out, throws like just a box, like you would get it like a Costco or um, a Sam's, just full of food, but it's not that much food. Puts it in the back of his truck, which is also decorated silver with giant wings, oh. and peels out into the dark and the manager's there, uh, left with his clipboard, just yelling into the darkness, Damn you, Silver Angel! And not only is he yelling, he's literally shaking his fist in anger <laughs> as this fucking um, angel mobile drives away. 
Guys, this is an 80s pickup truck. I also love that as it drives away, there's a couple that just walks across the street. Like, whatever. Another night in uh, a sea Coover of a weird silver truck driving off and a uh, like a uh, grocery store manager screaming into the darkness. It's it's awesome. It's just Beautiful. fucking amazing. And I love his little tune that he plays on the trumpet. Like, <laughs> he's just, it's... Because first of all, how... How has he been in this grocery store long enough to, to even fill up these two little boxes without this fucking manager getting wind that the Silver Angel's there until he announces himself with this trumpet? I I mean, grocery stores are large mazes. I, I would think that now it would be really easy. Like, you would know immediately. Oh, excuse me, the Silver Angel's here? Like, as they go into the parking oh. lot. Where back then, I guess you could cloak out? Less security cameras? I don't know. I mean, just but the shock that these people in the aisles are, are, are performing, you think that, like, there would be some hubbub. You would think. Very strange. I, it's... There is hubbub, though, Brad. I was going to say, there's hubbub at the, the courthouse. Uh, all these reporters, local reporters are there um, grilling uh, our police chief, our, our, our uh, detective, uh, the worst cop ever, yeah. about what's going on. I, I What's amazing about this is, like, I love the, the, the statement that the Detective Jones gives is, like, do you, do you think you really caught him? And he says, it doesn't matter what I think. Uh, we found some evidence. <laughs> that connects him to the crimes behind his house. So we're so we're prosecuting him. Do you really feel the old man is physically capable of these grocery store thefts? It doesn't matter what I think. In the trash behind Mr. Duffy's apartment building, we found evidence linking him to the crimes. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> what a weird statement. It doesn't matter what I think. Uh, we found some evidence, so uh, we're, we're prosecuting. What? First of all, what is that evidence? What is the evidence? You can not even know what it is. And we know later, like, he has this shed uh, in the middle of this alley where I guess the old guys go to hang out and they're kind of, at least one of them is in on it, um, where he has everything, the trumpet, the outfit. It's like his bat lair or his bat cave or his fortress of solitude. So what did they find? Was it just because he's, get, oh, I don't want to jump too far ahead in the story. Yeah, um, we'll figure it but out. But essentially the press knows that there's a guy in the Silver Angel and supposedly he robs from the grocery store and gives it to the po the poor places. Well, they don't even know that like yet. A, they just know that he's been robbing oh, grocery yeah, true. stores. He's been robbing grocery stores as the Silver Angel with his trumpet. So he's like a, char a local character. And they say, the police uh, a detective says, hey, you know, this guy is the guy who think it is. And they start to go to ask him questions. And he seems like a feeble old man. Yeah, T and um, T are defending him, obviously. But yeah, it's this, just this like frail old man. And it's and at first I'm like, okay, well clearly this isn't the guy. Like, fuck these fucking cops. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> at first, just seeing the intro, because you, you get a little, a taste of the intro at the very beginning. And it shows the Silver Angel and all the characters. I really thought that Shot clerk would end up being the silver angel yeah. for like the first minute until I realized, oh, he's not the silver. <laughs> it's clearly not him. And I, it, who else can it be other than this old man? But I love how the old man plays it of, they ask him questions and he's, he's very out of it. He's like, what? He misunderstands their questions. And one of the reporters is like, oh, come on, detective. There's it's, no way this guy could be the silver angel. It's pretty great. I, I actually didn't, I didn't think it was him at first. 
I mean, it's pretty obvious very soon that it is him, but, um, you know, for a second there, oh, they yeah. had me. I mean, I was also tricked. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was the grocery clerk guy. I was like, well, who else could it be? Where There's only so long into the episode where all the characters are introduced that it would be weird if one of these people isn't. And I know Sophie can't be in this episode and she can't be the Silver Angel. That would be too perfect oh. if she was both in this episode and the Silver Angel. Um, uh, guys, guess who shows up in this episode? We'll get there. We'll get there, friends. We'll talk all about Soapy slash Sophie because we still don't know necessarily uh, we don't know which one we saw but i oh i did think though so when um amy slash amanda goes into the elevator i thought sophie was coming out of the elevator and it may be it's hard to tell because you just see her for a second um and it may just be an extra that looks kind of like sophie but i was like oh my god is this going to be our one and only sophie side the sighting that gets me is in the hubbub of the reporters talking to the detective. We see one of those crazy judge outfits in the background. Not the Santa Claus one, but the one that has like the tie that has the, the fort. Mm-hmm. There's a judge in the background. Mounties. There's, uh, yeah, I also, there's some good background stuff in this one. I think there's a later scene that has some stuff that I like. I also like how they chastise the detective for, like, this is the first time he clams up. They're like, normally you have so much to say in front of the uh, the cameras and the microphone, as this horrible detective would. And we know that from previous episodes. He's just the worst. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think Amy Mann is going to take the case and defend this guy. He, they're, they're, they're prosecuting him. Oh, yeah. So as they're leaving, um, Amy Amanda's like, okay, well, let's let's get you home. We, w- we wouldn't want you to... Uh, t- to miss work and get fired. And I'm like, oh God, can we stop talking about this elderly old man having to go to a job? Let people retire. <laughs> and I love, he says something along the lines of something like, you're right, I am tired. To which the press is like, oh, come on, there's no way this guy <laughs> Fuck you, Detective Jones, you piece of shit. <laughs> Listen, I didn't say I thought it was him. I just said, we're going to prosecute him. <laughs> weird, weird <laughs> statement. <laughs> Uh, we cut to a punching bag. Decker is at the gym, and Mr. T says, Decker, look, I need your help. Yeah, I'm on this case about the guy named the uh, the Silver Angel, but there, there are other things going on. Do you ever hear the rat group, the Fat Boys? And Decker's like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I know them. Aren't, well, aren't, I, aren't they those guys that, like, talk in rhymes and make funny mouth sounds? It's called rapping, Decker. Goodness. <laughs> I, like... You ever hear the Fat Boys? Bad boys. Oh yeah, they're they're the guys that rhyme and they talk a lot and they make all those funny noises with their mouth and stuff. That's called rapping, Decker. Buffy Robinson is my nephew. He's one of the fat boys. They about to start a big tour, and their manager wants them to lose a few pounds. So you want me to whip him into shape? I mean, sometimes Danforth Dick Decker is like a real like tiny pupil moron. <laughs> And then there's this episode where I'm like, I can't tell if he's just a fucking idiot or a racist. I think he's just an idiot. I'm pretty sure he's just an idiot. There's nothing that makes him seem like a racist in this episode. Well, kind of, yeah. I could see it, but the way that he plays it is just a genuinely small pupil that you're like, okay. It's, it's, he's got strong small pupil energy in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, Decker's job is to get the fat boys in shape before their next tour. 
Um, I love it. He's like, yeah, the manager wants them to get into a little bit better shape before they go on tour. Um, and he's like, hey, no problem. I'll get them. I'll get them. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll get them losing weight and lean. Um, in, within a month. And I'm like, well, first of all, I I don't think you will. <laughs> um, a month no. a month is not no. a very long time, and that would not be healthy. Also, I feel like the manager, uh, if, if he's sending the fat boys on tour, uh, that's not what he would want. <laughs> I understand maybe no. wanting them, uh, uh, you know, a little healthier and, and more resilient, you know, for touring purposes. But he, I certainly don't think he wants the fat boys to be lean. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it would take them a long time yeah. to lose the weight that they would. But but Decker's like, give me a month. We'll get them in shape and everything will be they'll be ready for that tour. And I think they have like a week. Is that what he says? I, I Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's very strange. I mean, I, I guess any way to get the fat boys into this episode, sure, because it is amazing. Oh yeah, I. <laughs> so yeah, they they just come right into uh, hey 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 guys, the fat boys are here. I they only speak in rhyme, it, and it's I and it's, it's amazing. I don't yeah, it's you've got to play some of it, I guess, because there's no way to really accurately describe yeah or, or convey the feeling it is once they enter into the episode and the in the, the the particular energy that they bring um yeah alongside and against yeah. what Decker's bringing it's I, it's beautiful like it is just awesome I I I'm really sad that this is just a special appearance because I want them to be in every episode <laughs> like I, it's it's a good it's a good addition to the show oh yeah and especially where they go later in the episode mm -hmm. like what they what they do what they think is the best way <laughs> it's to help. it's just like i don't know it's like a cherry on top of the fucking sunday like because they're just <laughs> like it, nothing makes sense at all in this episode but like i don't know it's so goddamn kooky but yeah they come in there only speaking in rhyme and then decker's like why do they talk like that and the way that he delivers that line is it, it makes me think that it's it, it feels genuine it like he's genuinely genuine, yeah. confused i mean like it, it could eat like i don't know it just took me a little too close to to a college experience um with this fucking girl that was like why are they always so loud why do they talk like that and it was like oh yeah Ugh. i mean yeah Ugh. I mean, it said like that. Yeah, no, it, no, there was no, there was no question so that that girl was a fucking racist, and uh, that's yeah. when, uh, yeah, we no longer sat with her at meals. <laughs> Decker is just confused. What's up? What's up, <laughs> Yo, what's up? Yo, man, we came to find some muscle and lose the rest. Hey, y'all, here's Decker. He can make you guys strong. Okay, Decker, just don't take too long. Yo, his name is Buff. My name is Marky D. And brother right here is Cool Rock Ski. Hey, yo, man, we came to find some muscle man loses fat. <laughs> That's no problem, but uh, why do they talk like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Decker's just a fucking uh, He's precious. He's a precious simpleton. But he knows what he's doing when it comes to boxing and getting people in shape. Uh, so when he asks this question, the fat boys laugh at him. This is when we get the fat guys like, uh, one of them has a laugh that's like a... <laughs> That's Mr. Like T. A, like a, oh, that's Mr. T's laugh? Yeah, that's a T laugh. I thought it was one of the fat boys, guys. No, that's classic oh, wow. T laugh. 
And, and I love that Decker just starts laughing with them, but it, it, it is so awesomely, like, simpleton of like, okay, I guess we're all laughing, cool, yeah. It is fucking amazing. Like, this oh. is, like Brad said, the best television show ever. Yeah. And then we go into the Fat Boys workout montage. I mean, guys, first of all, let it be known, there are three montages in this 23-minute episode. <laughs> My only disappointment is that there isn't a another like uh, random B plot happening in the courtroom like normal where we get like a few seconds. But there are multiple montages and there are multiple like outfit montages. It's not oh, just Mr. T. God, it's so good. It's so good. But yeah, so yeah, it's almost. I, I yeah, so we're we're in the workout montage, which has got um, beatboxing, obviously. Oh, and it is great. I can't even. Do, I can't oh. do it, Brad. You're gonna have to like. I, this might be the. I, yeah, if you can splice as oh, much as you can be so many clips. into the recording, guys. If you haven't watched it, you're gonna listen to it. But you have to go watch it, friends, because you're still not catching it all. It's so good. Um, but yeah, so now we go over to the grocery store. Uh, grocery store manager is like talking talking to Amy slash Amanda and is like, you see that motherfucker over there? You see, you see that old crossing guard? That's him. That's definitely the silver angel. Look at him. Look at him. Look at that. Look at that. Look at those beady little pupils. (laughs) He is a cross guard, like walker of children. And Amy Amanda's like, dude, what the fuck? There's no way that guy's the silver angel. He's an old dude that can barely shuffle and help kids across the street. But the grocery store manager is not fooled. He is not harmless. No. That is a uh, degenerate old man. I so he's like, you see this store here? You see this? This used to be a fucking uh, shitty local <laughs> grocery store, and uh, it had discount apple drink. And uh, and I'm made <laughs> into a, a classy, elite, fancy ass grocery store. <laughs> Oof, cool. I, I, how did this happen? Like, what is, what is this grocery store? What is this bougie ass grocery store? And how did you gentrify it? I mean, well, I guess like yeah, that that's happens itself. all the time. With enough money and funding, yeah, there was it just, can happen. I think it was in Chicago. Like, I, there were people that were protesting that they were shutting down like a local, like, um, community grocery store to replace it with like some, like, high end fucking, you know, Whole Foods or something that the pe- the community wasn't going to be able to shop in because they're just trying to gentrify the area. Like, this shit happens, but, like... It's... I normally hear it where they just shut it down and they just shut it down. Like, they, it becomes a food desert at that point. But I, I, I totally am open to the idea that it, it, it's interesting that that happened in Chicago recently. I remember once at my old job, they tried to gentrify a grocery store area and it didn't work. After two years, they had to, like, shut it down because it just didn't work. So props to those people who did that um, and took their community back from a bougie grocery store. Yeah, but that's, but that's after, the problem after they had already, like, probably destroyed the local business enough oh yeah yeah you're right like, um, at that point at that a, point a tale of tragedy. that's that's when it becomes a food desert is when the fucking uh, major chain comes in tries to gentrify fails and then boards up yeah that's uh it's a, that's always that that's horrible it's horrible that that happens and that people do that conglomerates do it but this isn't a conglomerate in Seacooper, this is just a guy who did it on his own now granted i'm sure like, he had funding and he did it but no. i don't see a larger like um huge chain grocery store this is a locals no. so Sitch. alex next scene neck uh, again every scene's weird we're gonna talk about everything that's crazy in this scene because there's a lot but we're in the office we got we got T there. We got Amanda there. We got Sophie slash Soapy. 
<laughs> I was beside myself when I saw her in this. Uh, I like I, I I know that we said that as soon as we saw her, uh, we would call each other. But um, it's 2021, Alex, and I couldn't bring myself to call you on the phone. <laughs> I know. Like I also couldn't do it. <laughs> it was a promise made but not kept. I, this is close I, enough. I, we texted yeah, each other. I, I sent you a text immediately with the, with a screenshot. <laughs> And by screenshot, I mean I just actually literally took a photo of my television. <laughs> so who is Soapy? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, what is Soapy wearing? Um, Soapy has like a suit on, just like a straight up suit. I, I, but what is the situation? Because like when the scene opens, I, she's wearing a suit, but like we see her from behind, and I I can't work it out. Cause it seems I can't either. Like it seems it like a weird. dress. It seems like a like it seems like an overall dress. It's because there seems like there's stripes straps that come up. Oh my freaking goodness! Yeah. Okay, so so she definitely has some sort of overalls on, it, and it looks like they're over her suit jacket. <laughs> it's an overall. It's an it's an overall skirt with a weight belt because there's a big thick like black belt on top of it all. Um, and then she, I mean, it's like a hat. The jacket is like the back side of the jacket is like a half jacket. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So, it, but it still has kind of baggy sleeves. But it, you're right; it's a half jacket. She has on a bow tie. <laughs> it's like a a pink dress shirt. It's pinstriped. This jacket. Yeah. This is. I mean, this is a real kooks look. So yeah. So she does not disappoint when she splashes onto the scene, no. and she's also got like an accent. I, I I thought she was. Seems like she's out of time. Like out of. She's. A, <laughs> she does not belong in '88 or '89, whatever this is. Guys, we all this. This time we've been wondering the mystery of who is Soapy slash Sophie. Friends, we only have more questions. <laughs> Cause she's only in here for about mystery. She's only in this for like a minute. The other thing I have to point out, which could easily be overlooked in everything else that's insane, they're so they're like eating like burgers and fries basically in the office. Mm -hmm. But they're eating burgers and fries in the least sensible manner possible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Alex, you are going to eat, you are eating in your office. Yeah. I would, in my mind, I would assume I'm going to sit at my desk, going to have a drink by my side, have my food in front of me on the desk. Wrong. Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> All three drinks are going to be on Amanda slash Amy's desk on, on a plate. <laughs> there, then Amy slash Amanda is going to sit on top of her desk with like the, like using the, the uh, burger wrapper as a plate on her knee. Um, yeah. T is going to sit. And everyone follows suit and does the same. T is sitting in a chair um, with his legs crossed, eating French fries out of a, out of a carton. <laughs> like, I... <laughs> <laughs> like what? No one's using. No one's using any of the tables or desk in this office as a table or desk. They're all eating from their laps. All the drinks are on the other side of the room. <laughs> it's it's the most uncomfortable way to eat lunch. Now you could say, well, the salt is in a centralized location because Mr. T goes up and, and salts his fries. <laughs> That's right. But ladies and gentlemen, yes, that makes sense. But the drinks <laughs> makes zero sense. <laughs> the salt is with the, the drinks. table space. Mr. T walks over to get salt. They have a salt shaker in their office. <laughs> 
the t- the desks are also, I would say, in a in a state where they are not like chaos. There's not like paper everywhere. They could easily eat at a table. They are choosing not to. There is nothing. This is stopping. a conscious choice. There is nothing stopping them from doing anything sensible. <laughs> Yet they persisted. <laughs> so the whole scene is them getting lunch. We were introduced to Sophie slash Sophie, her accent, her wardrobe, uh, their weird eating ritual. Um, and Mr. T, like all of them are talking about how it must be crazy to be that old man. I think his name is Duffy is the guy yeah. is his name. All he does is sit on that crosswalk. Can you guys imagine what it's like to be retired and old? And then they, they each kind of just go around in circles talking about how much it would suck to get old. Oh, he can't. Like, he can barely hear, problems, he can barely see, can't hardly walk. Oh, he lives in a tiny little apartment. No one cares about uh, him. He has no excitement in his life. <laughs> developing back problems. Like, it just get. And, and as they're saying this, it fades to the night. And we see Duffy, like, going down the street, uh, shuffling along, uh, putting up the act of, Hey, I'm a feeble old man. That poor man lives all by himself. He can't be making much money as a crossing guard. Yeah. I feel sorry for Duffy. It must be so difficult to live all alone. Staying at four walls. Yeah, nothing to look forward to but getting older every day and sicker and weaker. Practically blind. Almost deaf. Digestive problems. Stiffening joints. No adventure. Having no excitement in life. Yeah, he's just a harmless old man. He waves at another guy. His neighbor's like and... fixing like his fence. His neighbor spends like days fixing this fence. Like he's doing some real old man And what's man wrong shit. with it? It's, man, that's just old man shit. They just love to tinker with stuff. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's just shuffling along and like fence guy looks at him like, ah, oh, there goes that old Duffy again. He can barely get around. He's just an old man, just like me. We're just two old men. Well, uh, back to fixing my fence. He's yeah, probably just yeah. snooping around the neighborhood and wants to look like he's doing something. This fucking wire is not tight enough on this fence. I gotta tighten it up, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> the dog could knock it over if I oh. don't do this. Yeah, so, you know, uh, something I gotta do. Old man, old man creeps by him, shuffling along with his cane. He gets just that eye shot and then takes off into a sprint. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love, I love this nonsense. I love he's been playing up this old man card. And then he goes to this fucking the- Batman cave. Oh, yeah. Do you think that the neighbor actually knows about it? And this is this is just some ruse or like some act that they perform every night that he goes out like, hello. So he's completely oblivious. No, yeah, because then the neighbor is the fucking worst. He's absolutely later. Later, I feel like he's stalling, but I guess that's just because he is also just the worst. Like I I misinterpreted that scene. Yeah, friend. No, friend. I I grew up in Bemis. That's just old people. (laughs) That's what they do. Right. I mean, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So he gets to the end of the alley uh, after his sprint, and he opens the gates to his garage, and inside is the Silver Angel's lair. Um, it's pretty, pretty crazy on the inside, Brad. Like, I, it's, it's all decked out. Like, he's got, like, like straight-up stars. Like, it's one thing that, to have, like, a, a bat cave, but, like, it's fully kitted out. <laughs> Amazing. He's got his suit up. Just on a hanger, sadly not on a mannequin. That would have been amazing. Oh. But it's it's there. He's he's just got a glint in his eye when he sees it. Like I made all of this stuff. I don't know how long it took him, but he's got the suit. 
He's got his uh, pickup truck, all silver. And I, I give him props that all the silver matches. And his outfit is actually pretty nice oh, yeah. um, for an old man's costume. Do you think he did it himself? Yeah. What else? How, where, what is the other option? <laughs> he could have got someone in his little community to do it. But no, this man takes pride in his work. He's, he's not going to half-ass it. I'd like to think that um, he learned how to do all of this just to do that. He's had this idea in his head and he's yeah. just stuck with it for a while. His dedication to making an outfit, but also to, you know, retrofit your pickup truck with these giant nonsensical wings on the back and wind chimes everywhere. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. So we get our, our second fucking montage of the episode because <laughs> he gets a, he gets a full out clothing montage. Like, it's so amazing. I love that when he puts his mask on, we get the... Yeah. The spinner sound again. It's great. So, Brad, can you describe his outfit? <sighs> oh, boy. Uh, well, I'll describe this version of the outfit because we get a different costume later in the episode. Um, and that's what I appreciate about the Silver Angel is he's got a whole wardrobe for different occasions. Oh, it's great. Yeah, so he's got he's got a silver jacket with silver wings on it, obviously. He's yeah. Got, he's got some silver pants, a silver belt. He's got these, he's got boots with wings on them. Um, he's got, like, a, this fucking, like, like silver sequin mask. And then, like, a helmet, like a Roman, like, legion helmet. And then, of course, his silver trumpet. <laughs> I love the trumpet sound. Oh, it's great. And I love how every time he plays it, like, he'll play the first part pretty well, but it always kind of trails off and it gets pretty flat at the end of it. It's... It's amazing that this is an episode of TNT and that this episode of television aired. It's like, it's just great. This is the most amazing thing I've ever watched. I've watched this episode now like five times. It's so good. (laughs) Um, Also, I love the fact that like he's gotten like the the doors to this garage like motorized somehow because, uh, yeah, they fly open and close on their own. Yeah, like a proper like superheroes lair. Um, open, close when he leaves. And of course, he he peels down the street and the other old man on his fence is like, what? Uh, it's I guess great. it's natural to look at anything that the Silver Angel does with like a look of just confusion. Because I guess if, if, if I saw that running down the street, it would be the same kind of like, what? But I would also be smiling. Because if there was a Silver Angel in my neighborhood, Brad, I would have to find them. Because that oh. means they'd appreciate TNT. It's great. It's great. I, That's a friend I love, of the show. Love the Silver Angel. So then we cut to the police station. And okay, a lot of things. But this scene starts with the creepy music again. Like, the mm-hmm. creepy music happens so many times in this episode, seemingly for no reason at times. Uh, it's very strange. I think it's on purpose here because this is a creepy moment. Because Amy Amanda is talking to the detective. And we find out that this the guy who was the Silver Angel was found two hours after the last heist at the grocery store, just roaming the streets. And he didn't have a good enough reason to be out on the streets at, what was it, 10 o'clock? Yeah. So they booked him and took him into jail. Sorry, Amy, but we had to bring him in. The robbery at Hanlon's took place at 8.30 last night. Now, we picked up Duffy wandering around the streets around 10. He had no reasonable explanation, and he's already out on bail. But he's just a little... Just a little old man. Yes, I know, I know. It is insane. Like, 
fucking, like, this fucking asshole, Detective Jones, is like, listen, listen, what do you want me to do? The robbery was at 8.30, we found him outside at 10 o'clock. Didn't have any good reason for why he was outside at 10 o'clock, so we arrested him. What? What kind of, like, <laughs> yeah, that's not cool. That is not cool. Like, what is, the fuck is going on? Is it just because he was a suspect in the in the previous robbery and that they found some evidence, which we don't know what that evidence is? That doesn't uh, matter. Something you can't to link arrest him. somebody for being outside an hour and a half after a robbery. Yeah, that's I not, mean, I that's agree. Not that's not a reason it's, for arrest. And Amy Amanda also agrees. He says, "Detective, he's just a feeble old man," and he he cuts her off and says, "I know, I know." Again, she's like, like, I this fucking detective with like, I I know it doesn't make sense, but we had some evidence, so we're gonna prosecute him. <laughs> Fullest extent of the law. So <sighs> they're gonna release this 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 poor old man into Amy Amanda's custody because she's there and they have no reason to detain him. So she she goes over as the detective goes to get the guy's personal effects and she talks to him. Oh, this is this scene is strange uh, because she's like, I'm so sorry you had to spend all night in jail. Like that must have been terrible. He's like, Oh, it wasn't that bad. You know what? I think it's actually good sometimes to, to, to have to suffer and see what <laughs> see what other people have to deal with, what uh, or what they don't have. Mm. <laughs> well, I feel a little tired. I've never slept in a jail before. It must have been awful for you. Oh. <laughs> Not so terrible, really. It's good, I think, to step outside your own little world every now and then, look around and see what others have and don't have. It is it is great, and I love that when he says that, it's basically a wink to her that, like, hey, I know everyone thinks I'm the Silver Angel, but... <laughs> Maybe I am the Silver Angel, Amy Amanda. And I love how the actress plays against him of, like, she's very much, like, just the humoring an old man kind of, like, uh, she's she's giving that kind of energy. But when he says that, she really does, like, give the same kind of humoring smile, but there's just a furrow in her brow to think, wait a minute, what? He gets up and says, hey, Mr. Policeman. He's also not as, uh, I would say, feeble when he's talking to her. He's kind of shining his glasses. He seems very with it. And then he kind of goes back into his old man routine to the other policeman. Officer, excuse me, where can I find the, the, the restroom? And he says something along the lines of, you know, when you don't have much time left or something, much time to go, that's when you have to go all the time. <laughs> And, right. and he shuffles off to the yeah it's it's a it's a weird old man joke but, but he shuffles off without his cane Brad. yeah and i i love when like amy amanda like picks up the cane and she looks at her, like oh weird weird hmm. Uh, <laughs> interesting and if if they don't play the creepy music at this point because i can't remember then they're not doing their job right because Seriously. that's the perfect clue for amy amanda <laughs> Oh, it's great. But yeah, then uh, yeah, Detective Jones comes out uh, with his uh, uh, his uh, wallet and stuff, and Amy Man is just straight up snooping through his wallet. Yeah, why not? Um, He's in her custody. I guess mm, it's not okay. No, that's that's yeah, it's not okay. Um, but yeah, she finds a, a card for uh, like a for for a, a, a mission um, with a with a fa- Father Bagley's name, um, the East Side Mission for Homeless Men. Hmm. 
That's a lead if I've ever seen one. Is it weird that it's the only thing in his wallet? What's well, the first thing in his wallet, which is the weird thing? Okay, I thought the way it looked, and again, we're watching a video on YouTube, and it, it's put on there by some legit, I guess, pe people who have the rights to this. Um, so it's pretty good quality for what it is, but I couldn't tell when I was looking at oh, it no. on my no, phone. There's other stuff what there. It was. It's just, it's, that's the first thing in his wallet, which is odd. Very odd. A more odd, we cut to uh, the gym. <laughs> <laughs> and the fat boys are watching an episode of My Pet Monster. Oh, yeah. Wild. The cartoon. I, I don't think they had a live action. I, I never saw the cartoon as a kid, and all I remember were the commercials where there was the doll and people. So in my mind, it was always just like a live action thing, but it wasn't, obviously. Well, there was, there was both. There was, there, yeah, there, oh, there was, was? Yeah, I think it was like a Teddy Rupskin deal where they did like a they did like the live action intro and then the cartoon. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um... I I, I I had like an episode of this taped off of TV, but I I think it was one of those weird scenarios, and I had a couple of think tapes that were like this, where like for whatever reason, like the tape stopped before the end of the cartoon, so Ooh. I never knew how the hell this one episode of my pet monster <laughs> ended. <laughs> Oh, wow. I, yeah. That's disappointing, man. I'm sorry. It'll be a mystery forever. The only thing I remember, I remember, the, I think there was like, they were at the beach or something. I, I think I remember them like building a sandcastle or like, I remember the beach. So there's an episode of My Pet Monster with the beach that I have never seen the end of, nor can I remember anything else about it. <laughs> Should we hunt it up and watch it for the show or I... try to for like a, an Alfio? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. What is the premise of My Real Monster? Is it like a toy that comes to life? I think so, or something. I don't know. It's the I mean, it's pretty standard fare 80s stuff. Kids have a pet monster, <laughs> like. Yeah, and we can use that to as merchandise for children to buy. It's it's like, standard. I'm. They probably they find a monster. Or they're given a monster. Uh, they get a monster. Let's see, <laughs> my pet monster. Snyder, so, a historian who spent many years trying to unlock the powers of a statue, wishes to what? Oh, okay. So this is oh, this is like this is like uh, okay. Let me get the let me get the regular cartoon. I think this is like a special or something. An ordinary monster doll comes to life when his shackles are released by a magic key. Uh, that makes sense. Oh wow, that makes sense. Well, there are only thirteen episodes. It's gonna be really easy to figure out which one that was. <laughs> And somehow it ended up... So I think the reason it's in this episode of TNT is it was a cartoon, but it's Boogie on Board theme Blues, with... The third episode. Boogie, you were only three in, and you never knew how that ended. Huh. Well, I mean, it ended okay. I mean, you know that it continued for at least, you know, ten more eps. So there you go. Huh. Well, the, the fat boys are but, loving this. They are loving this shit. Oh, yeah. And if you're listening to the episode, it's about the monster wanting more and more food, like, under the table being fed. And they basically sell no... They, they The kids say, no, monster, you can't eat all that. You got to exercise. You got to eat right. And the fat boys are just... I mean, because that's what Decker is there to do, whip them into shape to get them in shape for tour. So they're just laughing at this cartoon uh, where I guess the monster's kind of doing what they're supposed to be doing. Oh, yeah. it's it's very bizarre. Like they they're laughing way too much. Um. What's bizarre is that they would go to this length to find a cartoon with this tiny segment, splice it in perfectly to where when they st when they need to start talking to Decker that it does the whole like hey go on a diet or get into shape thing. Like it's just and, and why is it this cartoon? What, it, there's just so many questions I have for this episode. I mean I love it. It's great. It's weird and zany, but it's. So many questions. Well, I assume it was probably put out by the same company. So that's they had the rights. Yeah. They could just pop it in whenever they wanted. 
Interesting. Yeah. Canadian show. Cool. Yep. Yep. From <laughs> Nelvana. Yep. Same company. Bingo. Well, then that's just a really great cross-reference for uh, their shows. Decker comes in while they're watching this at the gym, and Decker has a, a sweatshirt, sweatpants, but then he has maroon shorts over his sweatpants? Yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. Also, like, I mean, I know TVs were tiny in the 80s, but they are sitting, like, so far away from this <laughs> tiny, tiny TV that is, like, mounted in the corner. Like, they are, like, 15 feet away from this, like, 20-inch TV. It's not even 20 inches. And you know that... <laughs> and it can't have any type of sound output that's worth anything. Yeah. So, my question, could they hear what was going on on it? Or were they just looking at this cartoon from a very far distance and just laughing at the cartoon, like, visuals? Like, what's, what's really going on here? just laughing hysterically at the grainy, <laughs> like, vague colors. <laughs> Why are they still at the gym? Because they're getting in shape, Alex. They're going to go on tour. Brad. So that's what Decker reminds them of when he comes in. He turns off the TV and they're like, hey, Decker, why don't you turn off the TV? Listen. And they start rapping at him, explaining to him that they're done with doing sit-ups and curls and push-ups and whatever to get in shape. The only weight they're going to start carrying around to get them into shape is their own weight. Uh, so Decker should just kind of lay off and let them watch cartoons, all right? They're also like, uh, hey, we're, we're done with this. The only thing we care about is a pound of bacon or some butter. And I was like, you know, guys, like you could just go keto. I guess you can eat all the bacon and <laughs> butter you want. There you go. Okay. All right. Like if, if listen, if this was made now, Decker would be like, exactly. That's what you got to do. You got to eat bacon and butter. <laughs> no, no bread. Forget the bread. Can't have the bread. But <laughs> if you want some bread, bacon covered in butter, go for it. <laughs> I think the thing that's that's bothered me about this bread is that everyone's rapping in this scene, and yet we aren't rapping, uh, and that's fine. That's totally fine. I, um, so as they're rapping at Decker, they push him. Decker feels threatened. These three guys are coming at him, and he's kind of backing up and backing up and backing up. And when they're done explaining their side of the uh, like what's going on to him, he's like, "Look, guys, it's cool if you want to stop working out. That's fine. Like I'm not going to tell on you or anything. You did one day. That's good. Um, I don't." care if you're skinny or fat it doesn't matter to me if your belly is flat i think is the rap he throws yeah. back at them and they yeah. all kind of laugh and then he turns the tv back on and you know everyone's all right in everyone's book and right. it's what it is it's it's amazing <laughs> yeah um then they turn on the tv and uh, a grocery store manager is there complaining about the, the silver angel also what is going on with their tv why is it all covered in like masking tape <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's one of those weird things of like maybe we could get better reception if uh, we uh No, no, there's been some know. damage, but the fact that it's being fixed with masking tape is very very upsetting to me. <laughs> so the TV turns on and it's the grocery store manager out in the cold snow doing an interview snow. and I don't know if it's so much an interview other than maybe he called, like, the media over to tell them, I dare the Silver Angel to come around here because <laughs> I've hired the best uh, law enforcement or security, and I've installed security cameras finally in my super bougie grocery store, and if that motherfucker Silver Angel comes out, I want him to try it. I want him to try it. I love the idea of, I'm, I'm gonna conduct a press conference just to let the Silver Angel know, I'm gonna fucking take you out, motherfucker. <laughs> and he, I mean, he's there. We are at least the, the guy who's the number one suspect. He's kind of in the crowd in his uh, rain slicker. It, it looks like he's ready to go on the dock. He's so, like, uh, 
Rain slickered up, and oh, he's got his little uh, reflective vest because he's he is the crossing guard. Yeah. At the local at the side crosswalk, and as he's walking, I guess to his job, the grocery store manager calls him out. He, he sees him and is like, "That motherfucker right there is a silver angel, guys. I'm telling you." Now, the thing that's like this shot of him, like um, with his fucking ridiculous Gordon's fisherman outfit, like <laughs> he looks ridiculous. But this woman standing next to him, her whole look. Her hair is insane. It's, I, I, her, like, fucking, like, brooch is wild. Like, the, her whole, everything about her is insane. I, how do you even describe this hair, Alex? Hold up, I'm getting to the point, because I was so distracted by a grocery store manager's rig out as well. Um, so one's around 13, 20. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> I think, like, it's, I'm at a loss for words. I don't, it's, it's like pulled, it, it's like pulled back. Like you think it would be a bun, but then there's long hair coming down like a mullet, but it's, it, then it's like teased out in the front and then poofed up even more on the top in two different directions. I mean, it looks like she is from outer space, incognito on Earth, just to seeing what's going on, because her hair is that bizarre. There's no way this was a fashion in the 80s. Like, I've never seen hair like this. I mean, it's like three different fashions from the 80s, but all at once. It is is such a weird mullet. I guess we would call this a mullet, because it is kind of like, it's at least presented or fixed shorter on top, and then you have some sort of party long. It's like if it's like if Bram Stoker's Dracula had a mullet, but also bangs. <laughs> oh yeah, this woman's definitely got vampire vibes going for definitely. her. Definitely. She's a she's a straight up Dracula if I've ever seen one. Her hair's also two-tone. Like yeah, I think you've mentioned that already, where it's like closer to the roots, it's like this dark, but then every part that's styled and teased is almost like white. So again, vampire, classic vampire. Yeah. She's a peroxide vampire. I really do think that in this scene, um, that uh, the, the the crossing guard, the old man that is suspected to be uh, the the silver angel, really does do a good job giving off defenseless, like, why are you yelling at me? I'm just an old man. And, like, scared. Yeah. He's doing a good job. He's great. He's great. Having a good time. Um, so we cut back to the office, um, and our, our pal Soapy knocks over a cup of coffee. And she says something like, oh, Dawn, or like... That's what you wish she said, Alex. It's not what she said. What did she say? You know what she said. I don't know what she said. Mm. I can't remember. I'll play the clip. Oh, Pooh. Forgive me, Father. Oh, come on, Soapy. God. She and, says this. Go ahead. And then um, the uh, the Catholic guy from the mission rolls in, and she's like, "Oh, forgive me, Father." Gross. Super gross. Soapy, get your shit together. <laughs> she really does need to get her stuff together. So Amy Amanda walks in at this moment and comes to shake the hand of this uh, priest guy, and she's all like, "Hey, Father. You know, I've I've heard a lot about your mission work." And he says, oh, really? <laughs> you know, when I took the vow uh, to become a, a Catholic priest, I thought it was, a, a, you know, I thought it was supposed to be a vow of celebrity. Because he says something about, like, he's finally getting recognized. I, I botched yeah. the joke, and I apologize, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. But it like, almost oh, I, reads... I, oh, you've heard of my mission? Wow. Well, you know, I've got to be honest. Uh, I, I thought uh, I've been kind of disappointed lately. I thought I was taking a vow of celebrity. Wow, singer! 
sir! Um, hey, like, um, child rapist guy, no, no jokes for you. No jokes for you. What's Zero not? jokes. This is, this is not a laughing matter, sir. Ugh, I hate him, I hate him. Just doing shtick. Like, we have, listen, this episode has enough. We don't need, like, uh, like, Catholics doing funny jokes. Do you think it's nervous energy? Because one, a lawyer has contacted him to oh. come down with, un, like, with no explanation. He's just like, <laughs> oh boy, I'm the joke guy. I'm the joke guy. Don't worry about me. He's just when, got a cyanide pill in one hand. Like, oh God, <laughs> they're not taking me down. They're not taking me down. <laughs> Beads of sweat just running down. His, and so when she mentions the silver angel, he's like, oh, like, totally changes. Like code switches immediately. Ooh. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's you, you, that guy that used to come around our mission. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's him. He got really, really angry seeing all the waste that people have in their lives and not really, um, you know, not having a society that is able to help those people and optimize, I would say, their uh, their waste. It, 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 he just sees everyone as wasteful and it made him angry. So angry that he stopped coming to the mission and helping out. I think he's... Uh, I think he's a silver angel because for the last couple of months, I've been getting mystery packages of, like, copious amounts of bougie food at the mission, and I've just been using it. If I'm guilty of anything, and I don't know why I am talking about being guilty of something <laughs> apropos of nothing, um, but I'm saying those words and probably not incriminating myself. If I'm guilty of anything, it's not telling anyone about it. Uh, um, and that's what she's like, so Mr. Duffy is really the silver angel? He's like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Most, yeah. Hey, 100%. hey, fucking, like, Catholic priest, dude. Like, aren't you, like, motherfuckers? Like, I, like, why don't you, like, cloak your shit out? Like, ugh. I, I hope no one questions he's him a- about, like, anything from a confession, because, like, he's speculating that Mr. Duffy is the silver angel. I mean, and yeah, it is wild speculation because he may not be. Unless Duffy told him, which again, we don't get in any of this dialogue. No, so right says. now, you are correct. He just yeah. has he has a strong suspicion. I mean, he's right, but like you can't just say, yeah, yeah. Def- that's definitely him. I mean, he's got the same kind of uh, attitude toward it as the detective has on everything. Uh, oh, yeah. it's definitely this. Yeah. <laughs> not this. Definitely this. Listen, I don't um, think he did it, but yeah, whatever. We're going to prosecute. That's the detective. Well, it doesn't attitude. matter what I think. We kind of found some evidence. We're prosecuting. God. Good I day. That's all I'm going to say. I hate that son of a bitch. Yeah, um, he's, he's a motherfucker. So we cut back uh, to the gym, and Mr. T's workout outfit is somehow more ridiculous than what Danforth Dick Deckert was wearing. And you see that because he is opposite of T. They're in the ring, and Mr. T is, like, doing fake fighting. He's, like, pretending he's, he's doing boxing training. And Decker has his hands up with those pads for Mr. T to, like, hit. So we see both of their outfits on full display in motion as they are walking ac- or, like, you know, fighting across this thing. But please, describe his outfit, Brad. So... I, oh boy. Well, like it's, so he's got one blue shoe, one orange shoe, and then Mm -hmm. his, I, I I can't, I can't tell if this is all just like sweatpants or if this is like, I think there's, I think there's a green sock and a white sock. And then I think the sweatpants start and like, Mm -hmm. like up to the knee on one, it's orange and the other one, it's purple. And then it's switched. So then it's purple and then orange. I think that's what's going on. It's really hard to tell. But there's so much going on, like, below the belt that it is ridiculous. Like, Like, it must have taken him a while to put just this on. And I guess he's just wearing, like, a normal sweatshirt at the top? Uh, Yeah, it's it's wild. It's a real wild look. Not as wild... Go ahead. No, that's all. 
Oh, I was going to say, not as wild as what's happening beside the ring, like directly beside it. The, the fat boys are sitting over there. They've got a card table. They have a bucket of food um, and what looks like Coke. And they're just chit-chatting, talking about it's awesome that they got lunch, how good it feels to eat the lunch. This one guy is going to eat the last two drumsticks. But one of the fat boys is like, guys, you know what? We should be thinking about people who are less fortunate than us. What about we should be thinking about like how that silver angel guy helps people? Maybe we should be doing that. Okay, and what's crazy is they, they that's not what they say, Alex. What they say is uh, we should be more like that silver angel guy. But they don't know that he's giving the food away yet because we're about to find that out. Because at this point, everyone oh. just he, they just think he's awesome because he's stealing from the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing. I love that. I guess. Because they don't know yet. Uh-huh, They're about wow. to find out. Like, I love that. We well, should that be more like that silver scene for me. Do I? Yeah. <laughs> that changes the whole scene for me. Yeah, yeah. That's, because I, when they're... When they're it's a whole different uh, spin on what they're saying, Brad. Huh. Yeah. Because uh, then Amy Amanda comes in looking for uh, T. And uh, she's like, hey, hey, T. This is going to sound crazy, but I think Mr. Duffy really is the Silver Angel. And Mr. T's like, yeah, I know. And the shock on her face, like, what? <laughs> it's like, what, Amanda? Like, you you know he's the Silver Angel, too. Like, what are you, what are you, so, why are you acting so shocked? And Mr. T's reason is, it is because like, he didn't... Mr. T's reason is that, oh, well, I saw him, at, you know, um, at the, when they were doing the press conference. And he just seemed to be moving around better than usual. So I guess he's the Silver Angel. <laughs> All right. Um, is it because she feels betrayed because he didn't tell her immediately? Like he didn't call her to be like, "Hey, I'm pretty sure this guy is the angel." Well, and I tried she thought to call, she was bringing but, some hot goss to But Sophie, tea. Sophie dropped the phone. <laughs> Again. Oh no! <laughs> There's another phone this month. Ugh. Um, She's uh, yeah, poor yeah. Sophie. Like, are the fat boys living in the gym? <laughs> Did Aunt Martha's like, no, the fat boys cannot stay at my house. Anyone else is fine, but not the fucking fat boys. I mean, that's a good point, Brad. They're, she is eager to help all those people, but the fat boys know. They're just going to hang out at the gym. Huh. So Amy Amanda's like, uh, hey, do you know what he's doing with that food? He's giving it away. And the fat boys overhear this, and they're like, oh, wow, this guy really is great. He's actually uh, giving away that food to help people. That's amazing. <laughs> and that's when they thats when they resolved, like, hey, we got to do something then. We got to help this guy yeah. out. So they they asked to come up with a plan. They asked the, the main, I guess, the fat boy uh, to help. And he's like, you know what? I got an idea. Let me go get some. Uh, let me let me go get something. I'll be right back. Okay. That angel guy is one cool dude, man. He's going to the poor and giving them food. But if you get nabbed by a big mean cop, all it's giving to come to a stop. Yo, we got to go and save that man. Come on, Marky. Give us a plan. I stream my brain, my plan is clear. I'll be right back, you stay right here. All right. Um, at the same time, I think Mr. T and Amy are gonna go talk to um, the old man. But we get a Mr. T uh, changing clothes scene where he's suiting up because, you know, they're going into the street. Who knows third, what they're gonna encounter. Third montage, third montage of the app. Oh, so Which good. is great. And we cut from uh, Mr. T suiting up to uh, our pal, the Silver Angel, who now has a different costume. Instead of wearing the mask, now he's got like sunglasses with angel wings on them and like a motorcycle helmet. I love that he switches it up. I mean, like he's ready for action, I guess. 
Oh yeah. I, I prefer I prefer the Roman helmet though. This is a little too evil Knievel. Yeah, I mean I, I like the other one too. The other one, yeah, this is just yeah. Evil Knievel hits it right on the head. And I he's in the mirror like doing like, hey, you talking to me? Hey, you talking to me? Like I guess psyching himself up to go to the grocery store again. Yeah, it's wild. So, uh, um, a man, Amy, Amanda, and Mr. T, who is again wearing his Deerstalker Sherlock Holmes cap, love it. Mm-hmm. Um, they they're going to they're gonna go talk to Duffy, but they run into the uh, fence fixing neighbor, and like this motherfucker, this motherfucker <laughs> is just old manning them. They're like, oh, how are you tonight? Oh, and you? Uh huh. Me? Oh, well, not too bad. I, you know, my back's been acting up. I was like, God damn you, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> they cannot get a word in edgewise. It's torture. Like, it really they, it really took me back. Like, I mean, seeing that My Pet Monster cartoon <laughs> took me back, but this really took me back. I was like, oh, God, my whole childhood. Just old people. Ugh. Just complaining about their back. I miss all they got, Brad. Small talk. God. Anyone who will listen. Ugh. Um, um, so as they're talking, um, the angel mobile drives right by them. <laughs> and I, I don't even understand what Mr. T says, but he makes some kind of, oh, oh, there it goes. And they chase off after him, leaving that old man hanging, by the way, which I appreciate. Oh, yeah. He looks confused. I think at one point he kind of kind of spikes the camera, which is a, a weird, but it's what it is. And um, yeah, then they when we cut back to uh, the gym and the fat boys are chilling, waiting for um, Mr. T's cousin to come back. They're looking at a boxing magazine, just relaxing. And he comes back with these giant boxes. Um, we're not sure what's in them, but he's like, all right, I got it, guys. We got to get dressed. We got to go. We got to go to that uh, grocery store. We got to help uh, the silver angel. And they're like, all right, let's do it. I, I, I do wish we'd had a, yet another costume montage, but I get that. I get why we don't. You know they filmed it. They just didn't oh, show it. It'd be so good. <laughs> they cut it for time. So we're at the grocery store. And Amy, Amanda, and T are there, and like a manager guy's like, ah, I think tonight, I think we're gonna get that little, that old man, motherfucker. We're gonna take him down, and there's nothing you can do to stop us. It's like, what <laughs> is love- going on? <laughs> I mean, he's losing money, and look, he's got a bougie grocery store now. He, that, that guy has stolen a lot of expensive stuff. Now, he may not know caviar if it bit him in the ass, which is a kind of a paraphrase of what he said earlier oh, yeah. in the episode. During, oh, sorry, we got we to gotta talk about that. Yeah, at that press conference. Hey, you! You've probably never heard of escargot in your life. You wouldn't know caviar if you sat in it. Try the gate tonight and see what happens. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Why does this old man have to know about caviar? If he doesn't know about caviar, then he isn't fit to roam the aisles of my grocery store, which I say is bougie, but as I am looking inside of this, it looks like an average grocery store. (laughs) Yeah, it's the most normal looking grocery. I mean, it's the most 80s normal looking grocery store. I love it so much, especially like the typography going on around on some of the signs. Like, it's just it's it's a beautiful thing to see a time capsule. Um, I wish I could go and roam those aisles. It would be fun. Uh-huh. Um, but um, so when he gets when they get there and uh, Mr. T uh, in the Sherlock Holmes outfit and Amy are there, he says something along the lines of, oh, if it isn't the defenders of that. Uh, what is it like the decrepit? aging old man or something he, the way he says it is just really funny yeah he's got it out for he's the silver so angel. angry 
And, uh, yeah, he's got all of his fucking security guards. And they're all... T they, we always see them, like, lumped together. And I'm like, hey, guys, spread out. <laughs> like, yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> the point of hiring <laughs> multiple security guards isn't so you can all, like, form a defensive line. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't even come in from the front anyway. He sneaks in through the back, which, which is a, a move. It's certainly a move a very strange move and like honestly it doesn't even seem like he's there to steal stuff this time he's just there to like piss off this guy which i really appreciate oh yeah it's awesome <laughs> so he's creeping through he pushes the double doors from the back open and he enters the store into like uh, i guess the uh the freezer section not the freezer section but just like the uh, the dairy section um and we we go back to an uh the manager's roaming the aisles and we see the shopping clerk again just blowing bubble gum holding a bottle of salad dress for no reason. Yeah. And then, like, Madge goes, you know what I told you about chewing gum? And I'm like, fuck off. Like, if you're, like, listen, I've worked at a grocery store. Like, if, like, if they tried to tell me I can't chew gum, like, if I can't do something to break up the monotony of this hellscape, um, I, no, I'm quitting right then. Yeah, chewing gum is should. required. It's, it's perfectly allowed. You can't tell somebody they're not allowed to chew gum. That's insane. Um, so as this guy swallows it in shame, he looks down the, the other side, he looks down the aisle and the manager's already turned around to walk away. So the manager doesn't see the silver angel darting across the aisle, looking down. And the clerk uh, is like, uh, manager man. And he's like, what is it? And he's like, nothing. And then like our silver angel is just like, I love he's like sneaking around doing hijinks. Yeah. It's great. He's got his trumpet. He's just, again, roaming the aisles. There's an old woman that was like, oh, my God. I, I really wonder how many people watch the news and know this is the Silver uh, Angel. There's another guy who's just in front of bags of beans, and he kind of makes eye contact with the Silver Angel, and they, like, lock, and they turn. And the Silver Angel, like, shrugs his shoulders, like, meh. He shrugs his shoulder and, like, flaps his wings at him. It's, it is very odd. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone's like roaming the supermarket because this is apparently the largest supermarket ever. And no one can really, no one is going to, it just happens across it. And again, the security guards are just in the front, uh, uh, manning the wall, the defenses. And then they hear the. I and love it so much. I love when he breaks because I love that just announcement. Like I'm here, motherfucker. So if 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 I'm getting the geography of, or the layout of the store correct, because when they first come into the store, the security guards and the manager are there, and behind them is this pineapple, canned pineapple, normal pineapple um, stand. So does that mean he snuck up behind the security guards to get on top of the stand to blow his trumpet? And then indeed, when she blew it, because the manager and Amy, Amanda, and T are all running toward the front of the store, the security guards just turned around and looked at him and did absolutely nothing? Well, I, I don't think the security guards have stayed stationary. I think they've moved around. I think they're all still together but uh <laughs> they're still moving around yeah. as a unit yeah they're still um, they're still a team but safety in numbers but I, I i don't think they're in the same place but i yeah i love he, he climbs so, up so, there plays his bugle mr t tries to catch up with them um and then like of course like manager guy and the security guards get up to him and manager's like hey motherfuckers like grab him um you do not pay us enough to grab somebody manager guy <laughs> But Silver Angel, like, just starts throwing pineapples. 
<laughs> he knocks over the can, like a part of the can of the display, like the can display, and it knocks into one of the policemen. And then he straight up just grabs a pineapple. We see he go over his head, and with all the force he can, he just throws it into the chest of another guy. Um, and he just falls over. Like, he is out. This security guard is done. <laughs> yeah. That security guard would later go on to be featured in Super Mario Brothers 2. <laughs> Really? Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, yeah, he was uh, defeated by vegetables and fruit. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> so, um, I, so then there we start uh, the chase. Oh, but wait, wait. We got one more entry in, into the shenanigans. It's also coming from the back door. <laughs> Here come the fat boys. The- yeah, maybe his truck was parked in the back in the alley. And they, the, yeah, the fat boys burst in, and they are dressed in angel costumes. Now, uh, is the idea... <laughs> I mean, it's hard to tell. I, To be generous, I think the idea is they're going to help cause a distraction so the silver angel can escape. Um, yeah. But also, but R is, the, R is it that they're going to dress up like silver angel, and then they won't know who's the real silver angel? <laughs> <laughs> It's because they've never seen the Silver Angel before. They, they've they only heard the stories in the news because there's no security cameras. There weren't into the store. No one's got it. They just know the story. Yeah. So that is a good question, Brad. Are they thinking of going uh, Silver Angeling of their own? And this was the only costume they could find. This must be what his costume looks like. We now are also Silver Angels. It's great. I love it. So and then for this whole like wacky chase, we're doing this like uh, wacky like stuttery cam like a like it's like it's an 80s music video and we have like all kinds of like special effects strange wipes of the screen for transitions um angles where things start going at a 45 degree angle um like it it's it's weird and i wonder if the frame rate was dropped to like um or like increased i guess no it's not increased it was dropped because they wanted to fit more of the chasing into a smaller amount of time because they just had so much fun with it um no they're just they're doing some goofy shit like this is like the monkeys <laughs> this is goofy shit for the sake of doing it there is yeah. no practical purpose no there's no this is just this is wacky antics um and it's I mean, it is, I, I love, there's a shot of, like, um, Amy, Amanda, and T, like, well, I guess this is happening. <laughs> kind of laughing. <laughs> yeah, I love when they shrug their shoulders. Just like, all right. Oh. The, the only thing I want to say about the montage is that at one point, uh, the manager is going down the aisles with one of the security guards, and he hears a ruckus behind them. Uh, or at least, the, I, I'm, I'm saying this, there's music playing over and beatboxing over all of this, so I don't know what's actually being said in this, and it's one of the quick montage scenes. But they look back, and they see one of the fat boys, the Silver Angel, like, dancing or, like, saying something, and the manager's like, what the fuck? And then another one of the fat boys comes running down the aisle from the opposite direction, and he turns around, and that's when the camera angle goes to the side and he is like what the hell's going on and then as the fat boy brushes past him and the security guard we get a double door kind of like spin of the two like the frame breaks and we get like a a weird pseudo 3d uh, like of the like them being doors it is crazy it's just to like try to paint a picture of exactly how kooky as red says it is because it it is it is everyone has to watch Um, this everyone must watch this I'm sorry, I feel like I have to explain it because it's a podcast, but I, you've already seen this because it is required viewing, so like, I enjoyed it. Just as a human, like, it's your job to, everyone has to watch this episode and then show it to three friends. <laughs> 
Like, have a viewing party, because this is game changer. So eventually, it um, is great. manager guy, like, he, he, like, sneaks to the side, and when Silver Angel runs by, he trips him in, into, like, some apples. <laughs> it's great. And then he has him. He grabs him by the neck, and he starts shaking him and calling him names. His helmet falls off. He's, it's obviously the old man. Yeah, there's no question anymore. But, like, it's crazy, because he's yelling, he's like, I've got you, you crazy geriatric vigilante. You superannuated lunatic, old socialist. <laughs> and it's that the it's the senior socialist part where the guy, the old man's like, what? I mean, everybody's um, pulling some goofy faces, but yeah, this his reaction to senior socialist is real goofy. And then Mr. T comes up and is like, hey, uh, nobody sh- shoves an angel on my watch. Um, and then it's time for weird music again. And also just weirdness in general. Because what Mr. T does is he grabs the manager, which would be weird. Uh-huh. But then he kind of throws him up into the air and grabs him by his ankles and is carrying him around. <laughs> Balancing him and carrying him around. I mean, like, the it, the most insane thing is, like, this means, like, the manager guy is having to hold himself, like, you know, rigid for Mr. T to be able to carry him around in the sky. I And the, the weird and music's playing, it, and he's got this, like, shocked look on his face. It would also mean that Mr. T has strength that he is hiding most of the time. Like, his power level is not what he's showing. He is incredibly strong, because this is physically impossible. This is a surreal moment. Yeah. I don't know if it's supposed to be like a silver angel miracle or something, but what happens, and goodness, the visuals, the <laughs> look of the manager as he goes up, the rigidness of his body. It, at one point, I thought... Is there, like, some kind of backing in him to keep him propped up? Like, is there, like, some sort of frame, like a physical frame under his jacket to keep him up? But the way he's looking and the way his body is, like, stiff and how big his clothes are, it is unsettling a little bit to watch. Yeah. Because and it that's doesn't why that look creepy music's right. <laughs> like, because, yeah. I mean, like, this, I mean... I'm not sure exactly what they were trying to do or how they exactly did this. Like, it's so weird that I don't I don't even understand what the logic was because, like, it reads weird. But, like, it's clearly this is what they're going for. And, like, they're, I mean, yeah. they're acting like, yeah, we, we this is exactly what we're trying to show. But, like, you've got to realize that there's no way that he was literally doing that. Mr. T, like, Mr. T doesn't have the strength to hold a hu- an adult human by his ankles and carry him five to ten feet. Like, that's yeah. insane. And that guy doesn't have, like, the strength in his legs to be able to hold himself, like, steady like that. Just to be clear, Mr. T's arms are extended in front of him this whole time, and he's holding the ankles. He's not, like, the, his feet aren't on his shoulders. He aren't, he isn't holding the feet, like, close to his chest. This is physically impossible, given what we're seeing. Yeah. Like... And it's bizarre that they're trying to put this ruse out on us and that we're expected to see it. And I honestly don't know what's up other than this is just... I mean, it is a proper climax to the craziness we've just seen. <laughs> to top it with something I, else I mean, yeah, that makes me question reality it's absolutely, <laughs> and what I'm watching. And the show knows it's insane because they're playing the creepy music again. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate this particular episode of television because it keeps 
like upping itself, like it's, uh, it keeps outdoing itself throughout the entire thing. And this is this is the climax of that, and it does it succeeds. Yeah, it so, succeeds. I will never forget this. No, it's <laughs> the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And then, so Mr. T walks him over to the large open egg display. <laughs> Because for whatever reason, there's just like a, a table that's just eggs. <laughs> like not in a carton, just like eggs. Yeah, they just come up and grab and go. Take as many as you need. Let me gra- let me grab <laughs> Bring your own eggs. carton. Yeah. Um, and like he throws him into the eggs. Yeah. The fat boys come up behind him and Mr. T says, Sorry, Mr. Manager Guy, but nobody touches an angel. And they all laugh and they high five and they, um, I, Mr. yeah, the manager's there got egg all over his face. I mean, the silver Mr. angel T, gives Mr. T a thumbs up or a handshake. Like, I, now keep in mind, I understand that the silver angel has stolen things before, but no one else has really, like, done any crimes. Mr. T <laughs> picks up a man in his store and throws him into a pile of eggs, damaging all the eggs, obviously, as well as just assaulting that guy. Mr. T has committed crimes here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's okay for Mr. T to do it because he has a license to box, and anytime he, since he has a license, it would be wrong if the manager didn't have a license and tried to, like, actually stand up for himself. A licensed fighter can do things like this, and it's fine in the eyes of the law. (laughs) In the eyes of the law past episodes would make us think that. Oh, obviously. Obviously. It's great. <laughs> um, yeah. So everyone's having a good laugh. And then we cut to court. Um, and they're coming out. It's like, boy, I can't believe he decided to drop the charges. <laughs> I can't either. Holy shit, I can't either. <laughs> weird. <laughs> that makes no sense. Well, what Amy Amanda says is, hey, well, he realized uh, that uh, if he pressed charges, um, he, it was really gonna um, damage uh, him him with uh, publicity. So he's like, all right, he dropped the charges, and he offered um, Duffy a job as uh, like the uh, charity coordinator. So basically, he's gonna get to uh, um, take like dented cans and um, like stuff that's about to expire and uh, donate it. Yeah, extra produce, whatever is needed. Um, can I yeah. point out there is a girl in the background of this shot that like mm-hmm. she's looking for somebody. She looks so lost and confused. It's very strange. Like I feel like she might be a ghost. I mean, I love. <laughs> we see here. Okay, I'm the at backgrounds it, like all at uh, 20 minutes 38 seconds. Oh, I see when her. She starts to arrive and she's just, like lost and confused and looking around, but she's like right up near the shot, and we just see keep seeing her look confused and looking around and then going in one direction and then the other. And I'm like, are you a ghost? Do you have unfinished business? <laughs> I hope we find out in a later episode. I love the maintenance ladder just out and about. There are extras going about their day in the background, and I love it. I love it. It's great. It's great. I mean, she really does, as it goes on, looks like almost distraught that she can't find this person. What misconnection with a lawyer or someone didn't happen? She's looking She's looking for the lawyer that was supposed to prosecute the, was supposed to prosecute the people that killed her. But that oh, trial, no. that trial was settled out of court. No one ever paid for those crimes. When we get the Knights Network, when the Knights Network gets the rights to TNT and we can go back and remake some of these episodes, that's the first thing we're going to do is we're going to seed this woman throughout it. And Amy Amanda's the only one that can see her. And she kind of looks at her in this one. And for a minute, she's like, you can see me. And then like, she just disappears for a second. Shoulder shrug. We'll do like a, we'll do like a um, a haunting a blind manor situation where like, you're just seeing like little ghost shit, like in the background at times. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, that's that's what we're gonna do. The haunted TV show. Um, so yeah, the fat boys come in and, and mess up any uh, ex, uh, like uh, ghost talk between Amy and Amanda and the ghost in the background. Um, and they come up to start rapping. I guess just for the sake of to do it. Yeah, they're still wearing their angel costumes. And they're just, they're going to do a rap about, uh, about Duffy and, uh, what a great guy he is. Oh, no. Now, we're the fat boys, as you can see, but we're not the heroes of this story. The star of the week is a dude named Duffy, a senior citizen, but don't get too stuffy. It don't matter how old or when he was born, just because he's over 60 don't mean that he's worn. Duffy ain't your ordinary man. He's a superhero with a civic plan. He's looking out for people who don't have enough. He's looking out for people whose life feel a little tough. And what do you call a guy who's so old cool? He goes to the hungry and gives them food. He's like he came from the clouds with a special assignment for a Metro County gastronomic realignment. Now here's a hero who plays a Robin Hood game. He's a senior superhero with a heavenly name. Yo, he's an angel. Yeah, he's an angel. He's an angel. The silver angel. Who? The silver angel. Who? He's an angel. Who? He's an angel. The silver angel. What's it? about this is that there's so much about it doesn't matter if you're an old man it doesn't matter if you're a senior citizen about to die it doesn't matter if you're a geriatric fool like there's so much talk talking shit about him while praising him <laughs> for being a hero and he's just sitting there like kind of dancing with them like all right cool i guess it's neat yeah it's cool i don't know yeah it's it's awesome oh it's, everyone it's is gathered to like watch that this is happening absent is the ghost now that i'm watching this and that is suspicious mm-hmm. um i mean we got a fucking canada judge um dancing around in the background Everyone's having a good time. Of course, uh, um, Detective Jones isn't there because he only shows oh, up yeah. when he gets a chance to prosecute somebody for no reason. Oh, I noticed um, something. And that is noted by us. Yeah, and absolutely. Oh, I noticed ahead. something it? on this episode. So in the very beginning, like during the um, opening um, theme song, um, when we're when we're getting the the condensed version of uh, uh, Mr. T. S. Turner was a street smart kid. <laughs> Uh, when you when we see the judge sentencing him, that judge is not dressed as a Canada judge. Oh wow! Yeah, which I think is more evidence that they're they're trying to cloak out that this might be America or it might be Canada. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean we only see him for like half a second, yeah. but it's enough for us to know that is not. That's not. I don't know where this is, Brad. Ambiguous Seacouver. I mean, Seacouver. It's like the courthouse is literally half of it's on the American side, other half's on Canada. <laughs> God, I fucking love this show. I mean, cannot be said enough. You have to watch this. Like, it, if if you watch nothing else for Ramjack this year, yeah. I, at least up to this point, episode this episode is a must watch. It is the greatest twenty three minutes of television ever made. <laughs> Like, just and you know there's what? not a single scene that is reasonable. <laughs> oh. I Brad, who won and who lost this episode? Oh, I won. Um Oh yeah. Uh, Obviously the manager lost. He spent all this oh, money yeah. hiring security guards and getting cameras, and at the end of it he was he got egg on his face, he was made to look a fool in front of the media, and then he has to he he's he, he's resigned. I, like I the only thing I can do is just hire this guy to be the silver angel and be my community outreach. 
Yeah. That's all I got. That's, yeah, he lost. Uh, I guess Silver Angel wins. Yeah. Old man took matters into his own hands. Yeah, got shit done. Got shit done. Got angry about it and then did something about it constructive. And granted, it was a little weird. It, it was not not how many people would go about it. But, you know. He gets results. Maybe he's got his hand. Yeah, he got results. Maybe he got his hand on an old Batman comic book. And he's like, you know what? I could do this. I like it. I like it. Uh, who's best dressed? Who's worst dressed? Oh, boy. <sighs> I mean, the, the vampire's hair alone, and I know hair isn't necessary. It yeah. is fashion because she's getting it out there. But not that for our rules. That is the most bizarre. I know, not for our rules, but it is, again. Yeah, it's notable. Cannot be understated. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's weird. But who, part of me is thinking, like, I, I kind of want to put Decker in because I do not like the sweatshirt, oh, the sweatpants with shorts over it. Um, Alex, I believe you are forgetting about Soapy slash Sophie. Oh, I did forget about it. Yeah, whatever she's wearing is, yeah, not cool. Yeah. So bizarre. Yeah, no, she she looks insane. I can't support that half jacket situation. Uh, the manager also has some weird looks, but is forgiven because Sophie's Sophie's outfit is just too so bad. Yeah. So bad. But who's best dressed? I mean, is it the Silver Angel? I think it has to be the Silver Angel with his with his uh, like Greek helmet. Yeah. And the sequin mask. Definitely, definitely. Best dressed. Sorry, Mr. T. Sorry, everyone else. Nice try. Nice try. Um, I, again, I really wish the Fat Boys were just like regular characters now. <laughs> It, it's yeah it's it's uns- there's a lot of things i i've had some something spoiled for me on accident watching it on youtube where like another episode will play after it Whoa. so i know some things that happen later in the show which i'm not going to talk about because i do not i don't want to spoil this for anyone else as much as i'm not into spoil or i don't care too much about spoilers it is something that's a little bit oh um and it's not that I saw Soapy die. Uh, that did not <laughs> happen, so don't worry about that. Um, but I really wish, yeah, like the Fat Boys were just a regular occurrence. Like this going forward, they were just on this show. Yeah, would be great. It would be great. Oh, manzies. Well, guys, that's the show today. Thank you for listening to Ramjack. I'm Alex. The other guy is Brad. You can find us on ramjackpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, and we have a YouTube channel. And you are free and uh, welcome to, to reach out and say hello or just tell us what's going on in your life. Tell us what you think about Mr. T, T and T. Like, tell us how many people you've shown this episode to. Yeah. In fact, going forward, anyone that contacts us in any matter has to start with telling us how many times you've either watched this episode or how many people you've shown this episode to. Yeah, well, that, that's a screener when you call in. Yeah. Hello, please tell us how many people. And if it and if it's zero or if you're confused by this, instant hang up. And you should yeah. be ashamed and you know what you did. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, that's if you haven't it shown it to people, you have to at least tell us how many people have how many times how many times you've personally watched it because I I could like I like I just as we've watched as we've recorded I've had the video on I'm like I could watch this again right now oh yeah definitely I so the last time I watched it was earlier today and I watched it on the television like normally I watch it on my tablet or my phone but this time I thought you know what for this viewing for this episode I gotta see it big yeah. I've got to see this on a television and it yeah it was great it's great every time I watch it. yeah <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
And friends, um, if you're wondering how no one in the apparently the entirety of history, according to Alex, knew that birds migrated or whatever sort of nonsense he was reading earlier, um, clearly there's a perfectly reasonable explanation. It's because they had tiny, tiny people. Very tiny. Very, very tiny. Super tiny. Stupid, dummy, tiny pupil people. Just to be clear, I brought that to the show to to ask, Mm. what do you think about this? Uh, My thoughts are, A, no, it's true. Second of all, kind of boring. Those are my thoughts. There are so many things, I would say, that I come across on a daily basis that are I get, I mean, just clickbait of certain things um, that are so just like, no, obviously no. Yeah. Um, this was one of them. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Definitely one of them. The tiny people Did you things- know no one knew that birds could fly? What? Yeah. Well, they knew they could fly, but like they didn't know they could fly. What? They thought they came out of the dirt. I don't think they did. I don't think they did. Well, I mean, that no, is part of it that I guess cicadas. is. Everyone thought birds were cicadas. <laughs> like, they're one and the same. All right. To me, it's the same. You say so. It's the same thing as, like, <laughs> to me, it's like the same thing about religion. Like, people actually thought that these things, like, granted, what degree did they actually believe it? Um is I guess open to interpretation because there's some people that are like oh people never really believe the myths and yeah a lot of them didn't but some people believe it now so it's like I I read I see that I see that manifesting in reality so it's like yeah of course I can see how these people in Europe certain people small groups would think this stupid thing about birds because they don't have access to information who knows but that this is can't be, like, this work. Is become like that a doesn't Q-Anon make any thing. sense. It's going to be like, QAnon's going to be like, a, hey, you know, guys, uh, bird migration's a lie. Um, birds just uh, um, bury themselves down in the mud and then yeah. they come out later. So yeah, they're yeah, not yeah, migrating. Yeah. Birds aren't migrating. How would they get no. to other places? Like, they just go down into the mud. Yeah. The earth is a flat sphere, like a, a, a flat, like, plane. So, like, of course, the birds don't go anywhere. Where is it to go? To the edge? They go down into the mud. Then they yeah. go all the way down into the hollow earth. And then they just walk around for a while. Yeah. That's where Donald Trump is right now, waiting for Everybody August. Knows that. Yeah. Check your drops. Check Definitely. your drops. Check those drops. Good boy. I've uh, I've been I've been listening to the Knowledge Fight podcast lately. Oh. Um, which is uh, basically they review Alex Jones, um, <laughs> which is amazing. That is awesome. And like, yeah, it's great because they just like it's like two episodes a week, and they just go through and like tear down Alex Jones. And like, I I've been listening to it for a while, but I started delving into the back catalog, and so I'm just listening to like four or five episodes at a time, and I'm I'm back now to the uh, to election night. So. Uh, Man, it's crazy. These fucking people. Yikes. What's it called one more time? Knowledge Fight. Knowledge Fight. Okay, I'm going to go look this up because it sounds like yeah, a fun it's good time. Stuff. It's good stuff. I highly recommend for everybody. But uh, whew, yeah, I yeah, th- those those people believe that birds don't migrate. That's possible. <laughs> Yo, I feel a lot more better since I had my lunch. Yeah, man, these last two drumsticks is mine so much. Boys, boys, don't forget that there's people out there that ain't got nothing to eat. Yo, man, why you trying to spoil my apple tea? 